Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Perfect, perfect. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective jump in the car on the way to training camp which is only eight days away they report in a week and hang out with us in the chat room right everybody we appreciate you smash the thumbs up button check into the cat calls line at 252-228-5098 and i tell you who's always riding shotgun in the car cody lashney welcome back to the longest running panthers podcast how you doing my man Tony Dunn, you know I'm doing good because it's a Tuesday night and I'm hanging with the boys. The four horsemen are back on the show, man. I'm pumped. We're going to have a great show tonight. And Tony, you, as always, you know we're joined by the most lit Panther fans in all of existence on YouTube. I'm talking about Sideshow Rob, Antoine Henderson, Mr. Froth, Supreme Leader, Trill One, AJ Lindsay, Tim Estes, Joby the Blind Panther Esquivel, Salesman, Craig Cartner, Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Salesman, shut the bathroom door, turn on the fan, the exhaust fan, because this shit is stanky. Nah, he always be talking about <laughs> shit on the internet. And I like it too, because I always be on the shitter. <laughs> I talking about it. Like scroll, scroll, scroll. CK in the house, my man, the master of streams, the bestest voice on the internet. How you doing, my friend? Oh, you know, just uh, living the dream. <laughs> uh, you know, we are one week away from something being happening in the Panthers organization, and that is uh, and that is training camp. Obviously, we have a lot to talk about tonight. 
a lot of good news, a lot of uh, hope for the future. So uh, I'm ready to get it going and uh, ready to hear you introduce our next guest who has I, been dearly missed. I tell you one thing is that you don't want to have things to talk about this week when it comes to the Panthers, right? Nope. I mean, like if we look around the league, a couple of stories of arrests, Richard Sherman banging on his in-laws doors, torn Achilles. Right. Some, uh, Cam Akers, uh, yeah. yeah, I was yeah. getting, yeah. Cam Akers with the torn Achilles today, the Falcons molester. You guys hear about this story? Uh, no, what? No, you have my attention. Google Falcon linebacker child molester. Oh my and, god! Uh, you, you will, Greg. Hold on, because I'm going to introduce you. He's like, uh, I'll give him a second. The <laughs> you do not want your name in the damn news right now when it comes to the NFL. And uh, fortunately, up oh, did we lose? Oh, I think oops. yeah. I was say I lost sound. I wasn't sure if it was just me. Somehow I oh space bar. There you go. Oh, I accidentally hit the space bar. Um, Barcavius Mingo? Is that yeah. the guy? Oh, yeah. Lord. All right. He is creepy as fuck, bro. Uh, anyway, the Bat Daddy, the man, the man, the man of many podcasts, the postal legend. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, man. You know, like I said, I was just sitting back the other day and I was listening to the podcast and I was like, damn, I need to hop back on there. It's been way too long since I've hung out with you boys and talked about some Panther stuff. It's just been real busy lately, but... Uh, had a free Tuesday night and decided to make the present or make the appearance. Glad to be here. Fantastic to have you. Uh, knock, knock, guys. Who's, Who's there? Who's there? C3. C3. Smash the thumbs up button. Get the show. <laughs> subscribe. Yeah, that's what you can do. Tonight's show is Panthers get moting for training camp and more. And um, guys, when we met last week, we were bemoaning the missed opportunity it felt like when it comes to signing Taylor Moten. There was a lot of misinformation floating around the internet when it came to when the deadline was and this and that. But Blame Jeremy Fowler. At the 11th hour, folks, the Carolina Panthers signed Taylor Moten to an extension, which uh, I think amounted to $72 million, four years. What do you guys, what were the details of that? It's not a long, like a tremendously long extension. At the same time, it does make Taylor Moten, I believe, the highest paid right guard in the league for the time being. And uh, I got no qualms with it, homie. I like uh, I like the idea of this is that, yeah, we might be paying primo money, right. but we're paying our best damn lineman, our best player, one. And two, uh, it does not feel like an unnecessary, like we've we stretched it out too long to where right. we have to restructure at the end. In fact, by the end of this deal, I almost feel like we could be talking about signing him for one more three-year or four-year stint. Potentially. So uh, I'll, I'll pass it to you guys. I'll just read the exact numbers here. Uh, Taylor Moten signed a four-year, $72 million contract with the Carolina Panthers, including $43 million guaranteed in an average annual salary 
of $18 million. In 2021, Moten Moten will earn a base salary of $13,754,000 while carrying a cap hit of $13,754,000. And I do believe this makes him tied for uh, sixth highest paid at his position uh, in the NFL. So, which is actually better for, than what we thought. Bananas, dude. I, dude, Scott oh. Federer to me is batting a thousand. Like, this is, is this not okay? I, none of us thought that we we're going to get this deal done. At least me, Tony, and CK didn't uh, the last time we shot this podcast. Now that we've got it done, we got it signed for less than what Ryan Ramchick signed for. Mm-hmm. Like I really don't know what more anyone could want. To me, this is this is ex- everything that we wanted, and it's getting to the point. I, I posed this question um, on our new Friday free for all show, which, by the way, check that out every Friday at seven PM. We're doing a live show for the fans, uh, but I brought this up then that um, if Sam Donald pans out. And turns out to be a good quarterback, dude. Is this one of the better first years that a general manager has ever had? Because I mean, if all these moves pan uh, out, it's looking like Scott Fitterer is doing something special. Let's slow our roll a little okay. bit. Okay. Yeah. I felt like in 2017 when we. Was it maybe it was 28, whatever we, we got, like we got Poe, then we added Peppers, and then right. we did all this stuff is that we're sitting there celebrating Marty Herney for having one of the better off seasons that Carolina's had, and then it doesn't develop into success, right? So, so yeah, is that at this point we're kind of, I think um, there's some optimism surrounding the way we have right. navigated the waters of free agency and the draft. But until we see results, we won't really know. And mm-hmm. I will bring back up one year, which was the 2015 draft. We're at the end of the 2015 season. They went back and regraded the Panthers draft. And they said we had like four first round picks. We got Funches who had a big year that year. Trey Boston, Ben A. Ben, A. ben Wickery. And then those guys ended up being janky by the end. There are some additional details I found on uh, overthecap.com. Moten received a $43 million fully guaranteed at signing, received $15 million signing bonus, and his 21 through 23 base salaries are guaranteed. Moten will earn six points. And then he gets some uh, incentives if he's there at the end of – the contract, but this uh, contract also frees up $9.754 million for the Carolina Panthers in free agency. CK, the Moten deal felt like it wasn't ever getting done until it got done. Now it feels kind of great, don't it? It feels, I mean, it feels better than I thought because the reality was, uh, the, let's be honest, I mean, it's not a bad move. Had we done this earlier, we would have probably saved money. If we had done this before the the Saints got Ramchek, um, that is just the way the market goes. But the fact that we didn't get uh, better than we did, and we didn't put ourselves in a like, or let me rephrase: the fact that he didn't get top right tackle money, 
is the part that I was actually surprised by because I know that that's what he was pushing for. The fact that he's number three is a bit of a surprise. So I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that. Had this happened prior, I think we would have saved a little bit of money, but you know, the, nonetheless, we've got it wrapped up. We got it before the deadline. And I think we've got a, a, a right tackle, if not a left tackle for at least the next four years. Who's ahead of him guys. If he's number three, Ryan Ramshack is the highest at this point in time. He a five um, year or a five year deal. That's another thing I'd be interested in too, is, oh. is the length of the contract away of making you the higher paid player. What are the, uh, you know, differentials that describe that Greg, uh, the offensive line. Um, how about this is Mr. Pessimism is back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is that, um, I'm interested are, to hear Bat Daddy's opinion on I know. this. Is that look? There's no way. Can the most pessimistic dude of the bunch? You got? Are you excited there, or not excited? I, I, I actually am. Like, I'm very excited. There's really only one thing I can kind of think about with this, and that's the money. Like you guys said, um, the fact that we didn't have to pay him top dollars, great. Because every time you want to get a player of his caliber, he's he's a very good player. I usually have to break the bank for it or set the new bar for everything else, and, and we didn't have to do that. That helps out a ton. The only thing I can think of is, like you said, Tony, it looks great on paper, but let's see how it develops in the field. I am optimistic that it'll develop very well, that it'll work out because it seems like a good move, and I have no reason to believe otherwise. Um, but but I'm happy with the signing. You know, um, the biggest issue I think if you don't sign him, what do you got to pay to replace him, and with who next year? You know what? You know? Is that one of the things we've discussed a lot is is that it's. Uh, even if he plays fantastic next year and uh, we, then we, we franchise tagged him, imagine how much it's going to cost them. Then on top of that, there's even been an idea. Cody Lashney said, let's float him out on the left tackle position and see how he does. Imagine if you forced a top three, four right tackle to play a new position under the franchise tag and, uh, I mean, I guess the worst thing that would happen is he turned out to be terrible at it and you get him for a discount. I wouldn't want to do that if I was that person. And the best thing that could happen is that he turned out to be a top left tackle. Now we can move him to the left and say, play it, homie. Well, I mean, then it's a super bargain because then you're talking, uh, he's like the, he's a top six paid right tackle right now and if he ends up playing left tackle he's going to be even more of a discount if he's able to do that well and listen i know this might be a little bit controversial but taylor moton might just be the best left tackle on our roster and we don't know it yet like right. we, we there's so much that we still don't know that's why i'm so excited for the start of training camp i'm excited to see how these position battles play out because if you have Brady Christensen, who's showing that he can hold his own on the right side, then why not put Taylor Moten on the left? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If if it's going to benefit the team in the long run to do a little bit of mixing and matching on the offensive line, especially since we already have guys that are kind of position versatile and or we're trying to figure out where they're going to live long term, like Greg Little, like Trent Scott like uh, potentially David Moore, who was an undrafted free agent, like Deontay Brown, who we drafted in the sixth round. We have a lot of talent 
that we really don't know exactly where it fits in at. So I'm excited to see how they play with this. And I think there is a very real possibility that um, Moten could end up being our left tackle. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast powered by Avolta. If you want to own your own energy with no money down and you live, you're a homeowner in North and South Carolina, you can take advantage of tax credits, add equity to your home, and uh, you can do this while going green and uh, achieving energy independence. Contact our friend Kevin Brown, solar consultant for Avolta. The number is 704. That's right, 704. It's a Charlotte area code. 704-215-3373. Tell Kevin Brown you're a Panthers fan. You heard about it on the C3 Panthers podcast, and you want to achieve energy independence, go solar, take advantage of those tax credits. And my man, he'll hook you up. All right, uh, guys, the Taylor Moten deal feels... um, for me is this, is that if we wouldn't have gotten this done, I think there would have been a lot of trepidation on my part about this, the way this team is building. Right. right? And 100%. so we have all these incremental things that are happening, which gives me um, hope that we're doing it in the right way. Right. Is that look, is that we nailed down solid signings and address needs and free agency. We've seen a coaching staff try to get younger, faster, when it comes to the talent on their team through the draft and all of this, right? They seem to be implementing uh, what they see as a real vision. But if you would have missed on Moten, I think it would have caused this training camp uh, to be a much more difficult thing to access. Now the Panthers will be opening training camp in uh, seven, eight days. They report in a week. So next Tuesday, we will get all of those videos of them walking in is it it's in wofford right yeah it's wofford this year yeah so they're gonna be walking in carrying their televisions somebody's gonna come up on a scooter somebody's you know you know like this and that we're gonna get all of those you're gonna see these you're gonna see what the guys are driving is another thing that i always like look i look for is i i look to see what these guys are driving into camp in my man is uh, one of my favorite was uh, Demir Bird, I think, got dropped off by his mom. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you like, go hear this, too. It's like, um, yeah. Oh, dude. I think even maybe Chris McCaffrey was like, it was something like just weird. It was like, this is boring as fuck. He, I think but. he rode with somebody, if I'm not mistaken. I, I remember that was one of those, like, he rode down with, like, Greg Olson and Luke or something like that. So um, as training camp unfolds, I mean, clearly we'll be interested in uh, every pass that Sam Darnold throws, right? You'll get people filming it from the outside and we'll be like, they'll be like, that pass is high. That pass is the best thing ever. That pass is the worst thing ever. Um, What else are the things that we should be interested when training camp, as training camp approaches, clearly, we want to see how these rookies perform if they looking like busters, if they're not. But it's so hard to judge in training camp the stars, in my opinion. Right. Because everybody says they're just awesome. You know, I don't know. What do you guys think um, as training when training camp unfolds? I think all eyes are going to be on Sam Darnold. I it agree. Just has to. I mean, is that where we want to start this? I mean, I think right now uh, we need to start talking about what are the real position battles 
um, in this in the training camp that we need to keep an eye on. Um, and and yeah, I don't think that we can. Every year there's a star of training camp, and every year the star of training camp is lackluster, uh, right? And and, and yeah. the, the most you know, I, you know, you hear the what was it? I, I don't remember who it was last year. Uh, that, that's how bad it was. Russell Shepard, dude. Do you remember Russell Shepard? Everybody, Elvin Benjamin, twenty fifteen. The next fucking Randy Moss. It felt like, and I even was like, I was like catching everything. He's all over the place, and right. then this guy gets cut. Right, <laughs> right. I, I, that's that was always hysterical to me. Is like they would always talk up these guys, and then they're off the off the team at, thereafter. I mean, let's be honest. This is going to be the hardest wide receiver group to to actually make the team uh, because they've already got the guys. Like they don't have they have maybe one open slot, like, mm-hmm. and that is it. Uh, and so these guys are fighting on this. Uh, that'll be an interesting position to watch, is because. You know there is going to be an odd, there's going to be a lot of odd men out that that are are right there that we that aren't already like like the DJ Moore's the the Terrace Marshall the the you know uh, freaking Robbie Anderson who else is there David Moore right, um, let's, start, let's start with um, the wide receiver group and I'll yeah. read all the names off to you yeah I got the 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 roster up here too. Robbie Anderson, Omar Bayless, which a lot of people were hype about. You know, I mean, like he's a uh, 6'1, or uh, people liked him last year. Yeah. Um, Ventel Bryant, who is the guy that got suspended for PED, 6'3, 205, yeah. former Temple yeah. player. Ish, Ishmael. Ain't it. Yeah. Well, Ishmael he, Hyman. Keith Kirkwood is another name a lot of people use. Another Temple player, Keith Kirkwood, 6'3", 210. Uh, then it comes this, is Terrence Marshall Jr., who is arguably the third receiver at this point, I think. Markin McKell, nobody's ever heard of him. David Moore, which we brought in from Seattle. And this is just alphabetical order, folks. DJ Moore, CJ Saunders. Micah Simon, Shai Smith, Brandon Zilstrom. So let's say this is that I did a stat. I, I read an article about this a long time ago, but like, um, what's the most? I think the Panthers uh, under Herney at one point, one year, they pulled in seven receivers on the starting roster. So let's just say there's going to be six guys from this list that are on the team. Right. Right. Clearly, DJ Anderson, I mean, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall. Marshall then um, let's add uh, David Moore. David Moore, who we bring in as a Shy veteran. Smith. Shy Smith. Shy Smith. So we have that? one more spot. Yeah. Wait, wait, who? David Moore is someone that we're like. I mean, yeah, listen, he's a man from Seattle. He played well there. And, um, uh, I think uh, Federer feels pretty good about him. Possible. Mm. So we're saying six. I mean, yeah, there's, there's one more. Yeah, yeah. that's if there's we keep more, just six more. on the roster. Which I think with a Christian McCaffrey on your team, and you know, I, I don't see a need for seven at this point. I was point. just about to say you have a seven. No way we can bring in seven. Yeah, I don't think we can. I don't think yeah. we can just afford it. What roster are you taking away from to have seven? 
you know? Right, exactly. Good point. No, that's that's what we will be getting into as as you continue to evaluate the 53-man roster or whatever right. they get. It's 53 is the start, man, but I think they get a little bit more than that technically. But if you add a seventh player to this receiver group, then you have to take away somewhere else, right? You are thinning out. And at this point, I feel like we are pretty strong about our first three. Right. We have uh, some expectations about Shai Smith potentially at um, in the special teams game. Is it Brandon? It's probably going to be Brandon Zilstra. I don't know. Uh, we got a lot of Omar fans up in here. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised nobody yeah. said Zilstra when y'all were talking about it, to be honest with you. I mean, like, he's, he's, he's contributed. Mm-hmm. But he's he's I mean, he's made the team and in, in what would also be an arguably tough wide receiver room to be able to make the team in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, there is something to be said about that. But I also think that uh, Zilstra isn't. I don't know that he's going to get another opportunity. Right. I think that right. they brought it is too much too many people in to compete. Um, and I don't know that he's going to be able to beat them out. I don't hate Zilstra. I, I just don't know that he's able to. One thing that concerns me, someone said this, is Craig Cartner says, Tony, this is a great problem to have. Mm. I don't know if it is a great problem to have. His Terrence Marshall Jr. struggled with injury. He's like been battling some sort of injury, and I feel like we're counting on him to be a giant contributor right off the bat. Right. Yeah, and I think we are. I'm not saying he, if he can't be, but in some ways I think we're a little bit, maybe we're thin when it comes to experience. I think that's what it is. Like, I don't recognize half these names and that, that's right. the issue. Like exactly. it'd be a great problem to have if we had three wide receivers that I, I or, you know, like exactly. all-star wide receivers, but we right. don't, you know, right. I agree. And I, I think if you, if you end up loving a seventh receiver, sign them to the practice squad. Like, I think we're going to yeah. have some guys on the practice squad. Special teams. And, and again, if Terrace Marshall ends up getting hurt, like, listen, we drafted two wide receivers. A lot of these guys yeah. are expendable. Zelstra, and no, Tony, this is what you, what you still, I, I don't think you get, man. These receivers, and the receivers and the quarterbacks are so much more advanced coming out of college into the NFL today, by the time they've been in middle school, they have thrown pass after pass. They have been running full route trees since they were in middle school. This thing is evolving, and it's not surprising why every year there's some wide receiver that just goes crazy. Quarterback in middle school, they won't play in their wide receiver. The, the league has also made it easier for offensive players. Wide receivers have been, it's a lot easier to catch the ball if you got a guy can throw it to you than it was before. So, right, yeah. And Tony, what do you think these elite eleven camps are? All these quarterback competitions, they need guys to throw to. These big name wide receivers have been training oh, and doing gosh, this man. since they were kids. Oh my god! Like, I, I think the days <laughs> of, of thinking that rookies are undependable to come in and start right away. Like maybe that was true once upon a time. I don't think that's true now. You hear, Cody, when was this? You uh, So you said we drafted two wide receivers. Yeah, we drafted one in the second round. So I'll give you that. Like I expect a second rounder. But when Shai Smith drafted, what round was he drafted? It don't matter. You've never seen hey, any uh, plays of his. This, no, this, because you're not talking about his talent. He's going to come in and be a mad contributor. That's Cody. You're 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 right in one aspect one aspect of we don't know what these guys can do, 
But here's the thing. All these guys who are playing pros have been playing since they were kids. Nobody just stepped on the field, you know, two years ago in college and is making the pros right now. But I mean, these guys coming on to play, like you're right. You don't know what they can do, but I feel like th- through high school and through college, they've generally most of the time been scouted enough where if he's going to be a great player, he's probably going to go in pretty early in the draft. I mean, you, you don't see a lot of great players like wide receivers drafted in the six. You know, I disagree. I disagree. You see, I mean, yeah. it's every year there's at least five to ten. Just you just remember them. You just remember them. That's it because they were they performed above their pedigree. No, no. So let's let's talk Name about the so last uh, player for the Panthers. K one short the third round. Who uh, is still on our team? Still on the team? Yeah. Ben was, uh, I mean, there's uh, Jeremy Chin was after the third round, wasn't he? Wasn't Jermaine Carter Jr. drafted in like the fourth or fifth round or something like that? Okay. All, right. I, I, all I'm saying is we, we miss on talent in the draft. Every, every, there's always talented players that get dropped in the draft. But generally, generally, if you're a good enough player, you're going in the first three rounds. You know, usually after three rounds, it's kind of filler players for positions, practice squads, and maybe a diamond in the rough you can find. Like I said, it can happen, but, you know, I, I don't yeah, have a lot of faith on odds. On on odds. It's not that it can't happen. It's just that expecting it to happen is a little. Oh, from a yeah, statistic it, standpoint, it's not going to happen. Steve Smith uh, was a third round player, I believe. I just think that, especially if you look at some of the other guys, like Zilstra and Omar Bayless, there's far greater chance that Shai Smith makes the roster than than some of these guys that we're talking well, about. I'm not going to not make the roster. I'm not saying that. Now you're changing. Now you're moving the the needle. It's about being an actual contributor and counting on somebody. And particularly for me, the way I'm thinking about it is not counting on them in a perfect world, but counting on them if something bad goes happen, which is likely to happen at some point, right, is to believe that this wide receiver group, you're trying to tell me a wide receiver group um, where one of them is a rookie and who has been battling an injury is all of a sudden not going to have any injuries this season? That's all I'm saying, right, is that I'm not saying these guys ain't going to pan out to be awesome. It's just expecting it to be i think that's why david moore is probably the guy to look at because i believe that they're plugging him in as a backup number two wide receiver um all right so what would be another position group quarterback well all right oh, so- we have to talk about this dude oh uh, he's did, quarterback. I, 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 I was like well of course i thought we already talked about quarterback no 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 this um here, talk for a second. I gotta find it and pull it up. Oh, I got it. Okay, hang on. CK, yeah. did you say cornerback? Yeah. No, quarterback. Okay, I was I was confused. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. So, well, it's Sam Darnold or nothing. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's not it's that right battle here. we're talking about. It's mm. the backup that we yeah. don't have locked in yet. Yeah, this is pretty impressive. Did you all see this? So this is Will Greer. Okay, this was making the rounds on Twitter. And, dude, this pissed me off. I'll just let you watch it, and then I'll just explain later. All right. I'm watching. It is a heave-ho. 
And it is right in a fucking trash can. Oh, on on oh, the money. Watching it. Well, yeah. There's more. <laughs> Shut up. Now, bro, this is why this shit pissed me off, okay? If you're this good, if you can ball like this, if, if you're that accurate, if you can throw like that, bro, where have you been? And what is well, no chance? No chance. Will what's his name? I don't. No chance. Will I don't your name anymore? Will Greer? Will not no, Greer? Yeah. The, I mean, the only like, thing I really Greer, Greer. The only thing I question about it is, was this like he did this one time, like like yeah, one try many? and got it in, or had they been out there doing this and that was like his fifteenth throw? Because honestly. If you give me 25 throws, I could pretty, probably come pretty damn oh, close to doing that. I'm not a quarterback. Yeah, not that far. Not that far. Throws, so, I mean, okay, all, that, all I'm saying is, was right this there. one time? No, no, I couldn't do it for That was like the 40-yard 40 40 yard no, line, and this is behind. So that was at yeah, least a 55-yard heave right there. It's behind oh, okay. the goalpost. And it, like, touched the moon. It, like, touched the moon. Yeah. You want to know why this pisses me off so much? This pisses me off because it's like, why didn't Will Greer start all last year? Why did we waste all of te- all of that money on Teddy Bridgewater? Like, listen, okay, I even if there's a lot of who's the blame go on, I believe there's a lot of blame on this coaching staff. And I know Marty Harney is gone, but let's not argue that it was just only a Marty Harney thing. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Is this and we don't want to go back to tank for whatever discussion. But Jesus, Louises, like Teddy Bridgewater ain't on the team no more. He ain't even on the team no more. But right, but what I'm saying is, is like if 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 Will Will Greer couldn't have been better than Teddy Bridgewater, then we should have been playing him to get the fucking better uh, draft position and to get him more reps to see if he's worth the damn. And remember, I said this after we drafted Will Greer. That he was drafted as a uh, as an emergency backup plan if Cam Newton kept getting hurt. They wanted someone to be able to come in right. and, and 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 to to play and be groomed in that offense. Mm-hmm. He couldn't be out Kyle Allen. And, and the, again, like we're well, debating no, whether or not he's going to be the, the backup so here. No, like let's not be foolish here. Is that Ron Rivera and Kyle Allen have a love story, a straight love story? And look, it shows you this is that Heineke and Kyle Allen are still on the roster behind Fitzgerald. They wanted Kyle Allen more. He got hurt, and Heineke comes in and is a hero in that playoff game last year. I blame a lot of this on the I won't say blame, that's not the right word, but. I don't know if Will Greer has been given a shot. He's not. He's been like everybody wants to talk about that game. And listen, I'm not about to sit here and say that he didn't make mistakes in that game. But we all know we saw what was going on in that game. And Will Greer was put into a situation against a team that he had untenable. no shot again. Untenable. It was, it untenable. was un- you, that like, and here's the problem. And here's where I have to take a bit of an accountability approach on this as well. For at least the three games prior to that, we were begging for them to put Will Greer in so we could see what he was made of. 
And I think even Tony, you may have said, but the problem is they're going to put him in and you could possibly ruin him because you're going to put him into the worst possible situation on a losing season where nobody's playing for anything. Like there is no value in winning a game at that point in time. And so he came in and he was just like, when we talk about bad offensive lines, that was one of the worst offensive lines that game. Uh, did did Will Greer perform poorly even when he didn't have pressure? Absolutely. He wasn't a great player sure, in that game. Sure. But to, to judge his entire... On his one entire game. One game. Potential hey, on one game. game we talking about again? The Saints. It was like... I was at this game, by the way. I was there. I, I got to watch this in person. It, it, it was painful. Yeah. Bad, painful, and but our whole team was painfully bad. Yeah. That's the whole point. Is this is that you're trying to put in? And let's not forget this, folks. As we venture in and, and we're continuing to talk about training camp battles, how many of these battles are honestly battles? Right? It's really about the bubble. Are you on the bubble or are you off the bubble? Because there's a number of players on this roster who don't have to worry about the bubble. They don't, right? But let's not act like Will Greer gets 97 damn reps with anybody in at any time. And that's even when you're practicing in training camp, let alone when you're preparing for the whole week and you say, oh, shit, the quarterback can't go. You got to start tomorrow. And that's probably, um, to be honest, what they did to Will Greer. And I don't think that Will Greer is necessarily the answer, but I am 100% with Cody on this, is that, like, it tells us the failed experiment of last year. Yeah. Can I can I also add this in there? Uh, the, a lot of people are going to take last year as an example as to why Will Greer wasn't going to work out. They're going to say, well, P.J. Walker beat him out of the second position the entire I year. Like right? I do like him. Who did PJ Walker play for in college? Have we not been talking about this for the entire tenure of Matt Rule and his is mm-hmm. seemingly you know the, the nepotism that he shows his past players? I mean, let's be honest, he wasn't given a fair shot even with this regime. Yeah, Carolina's boys guy uh, Chuck from Elizabeth City is killing it with his comments. We're gonna keep throwing trash cans like that. He's gonna come away with a. <laughs> Hefty contract. Oh, my God. oh man, how good is that? <laughs> oh my lord! Kudos man. to you, Chuck. Take that man. The question we have here, though, is is not Will Greer and and PJ Walker making the team. It's which one's number two, right? Because they're definitely both quarter or, or quarterback. So yeah, which ones? Which of these two, two which do y'all? Think? I don't. I don't know that we come into the season with two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks. So. Yeah, I don't. Th- I, I think uh, here's what I think. Okay. It should be Will Greer, but I don't think it will. I think it will be PJ Walker. Yeah, I think I think uh, Will Greer is going to be the odd man out. So is um, that ba- is, is that based on talent, or is that based on you think just the way nepotism? I feel like okay, I feel like no, it's but, okay, but how can we how can we say nepotism though? When okay, I remember when Matt Rule came in, there was that clip of him seeing Will Greer, and it was like. Oh yeah, I was tired of this guy throwing all over me in college. Like it seemed like he had a level of respect for Will Greer. Like, can we say the nepotism thing even after one year? Like, is it just because Marty Herney drafted him, or 
Like, I don't, to me, I think it's, a, I, I'm, I'm going to keep it blunt. I think it's a talent thing. I okay. think we whiffed on him. I, I think uh, his um, college tape, uh, he had a lot of touchdowns, but it, he was a one-read quarterback in the spread offense, and I never saw it with him. And maybe he had some potential, but I just I think that he hasn't lived up. You're talking about to, Pete? No, I'm no, talking no, about, talking about no, Will Greer. Talking about yeah. Will Greer. I think that he only looks Indeed, good yeah. when he's throwing the trash cans. Maybe. Well, I I just can't take That's anything. Hell look good. Though, I mean, it did look good. Look good. You know what I'm saying? Like I've watched, and this might be a little bit before your time, Cody, is when they had those uh, skills challenges during the Pro Bowl week, which were better than the Pro Bowl. Remember where they used to throw the football at the movie? Yeah, they used to, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But they still do some of those. No, now they like play Madden against each other. <laughs> and fly drones or whatever. Anyway, yeah. um, let's move on from the quarterback this uh, discussion and to you guys pick the next one. And can you cover me for a little, like a minute? Yeah, um, I, I actually, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, TK. I was gonna say I, I picked the last two. It feels like so somebody else can uh, feel free to uh, chime in on their position group. Let's do the one that we thought you said before and do uh, cornerback. Let's do well, some DBs. Uh, well, I, I actually have one. This is um, uh, I wanted to run this by you guys because I think there could be a lot of different opinions on this, too. Uh, and I know this has been a hot topic on Panthers Twitter too. So, former Panthers two-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle K1 Short underwent soldier surgery last season. Now has been cleared for football activity and is already in discussion with a handful of teams. Now. It never explicitly says that we are those, uh, that we are one of those teams. But it got me thinking, right? Knowing what we've done on our defensive line, we have Derek Brown, we have um, Brian Burns, Jeter Grossbottos. Now we've got Hassan Reddick coming off the edge. You know, if KK is willing to come back on like a one or two deer prove it deal, is that a bad thing to anyone else? Because I, I don't think it's the worst thing that we could do. Imagine putting, I mean, again, we have no idea what K1 has left in the tank at this mm-hmm. juncture. We're hoping that he has something. But, dude, imagine putting him next to Derek Brown and just seeing if anything can pop off between those two. Right. I don't know. I figure it's something to at least talk about. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's just one of those things where it'd be all right, but I don't like. If he goes and signs somewhere else, obviously, being that I like him as a Panther, um, you know, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he came back. But I don't like I'm not sitting here like we need to sign KK. I really am like at this point in time. When's the last time he wasn't hurt in the season at this point? Like it's been every year for the past three to four years. Yeah, I think that's what that's what steers me away from it the most is just the injury history. Uh, You know, he can produce whenever he's healthy, but we might have that taken care of. You know, I I, th- I think a person who a player is maybe not quite as good, but stays healthy all season, maybe better than him. A guy who can be a little bit better, maybe every game, but is out six games, seven games, eight right. games a year, you know? I mean, so, trust. I mean, we got a We got a defensive line right now that I think are, are very, I mean, I think right now we could, we could just put it on the line. Who do we think is going to be the starting defensive? Let's talk about it then. Since we're talking about defensive line, let's talk mm-hmm. about the defensive line. 
right yeah. now, I think we got a surefire Brian Burns. We've got mm-hmm. D- Derek Brown um, and Hassan Reddick on the other side. Are we are we playing that? Are we doing like real defensive ends or just linebackers on on either side? Mostly, that's actually a good a good yeah. point. We only have two hand in the dirt defensive ends on our roster. Mm-hmm. That's um uh I'll tell you right now. Uh, Red, that Reddick is uh, Marcus Hands and Jeter Gross Mottos are, really? but and and Brian Burns. Um, and, and do they have him listed as defensive end again? They do yeah, Brian, on, on, on the Burns roster right on, here. Yeah, yeah, Brian Burns on the website listed as uh, a defensive the end, right? Defensive end, yeah. And Hassan yeah. Reddick's on the left side, but they got him listed as on the roster. Yeah, the, and, defensive end as well. Defensive end. Yeah, yeah. they got him. So yeah. yeah. That's those are gonna be the two people on the on the ends. Mm-hmm. I feel and like we don't really even know what kind of scheme we're running. Like we can say we're running three four. Maybe you could say we're running four three. Uh, I I think we're we're in a position to be pretty versatile. Yeah. I just I don't want it to be another circumstance like we had when uh you know what two three years ago when Ron had uh this hybrid approach with his defense that just was garbage. It didn't work. It never it, like we came into it thinking like, oh, this is definitely going to be a great year because it, it all changed. You know why we did that, too? It was because of that that Pittsburgh game when we just got eaten alive by Pittsburgh. And, and that was the last game I feel like Cam was really, you know, healthy, even though we can go all the way back to the Chargers game. I think the Pittsburgh game did yeah. far more damage than the, the Chargers game. Um, I agree. But uh, I, listen, I think that's why we did that. But I, I, I don't think we can do this versatile thing. I think we've got to have consistency because we've learned that's how a lot of these players are going to be successful is playing certain techniques the way that they've always played them. Yeah. What group are you guys on? Defensive. defensive. Uh, yeah, defensive line. I also uh, floated out uh, uh, teams who are talking to K1 Short who's been cleared after a shoulder injury. So I posed the question, uh, if K1 Short comes back on a on a one or two year, you know, not not a break the bank kind of deal, but just to come back and be a good rotational defensive tackle, are people in with that? And uh, you know, a lot of points about injuries, which is you know obviously true. He's got to prove to stay healthy, but um, you know, when you look at the pass rush that we do have. Again, a lot of these guys, it's a prove-it year for so many players on our team, all over the roster, not just on our defense. One mm-hmm. player that stands out to me is Christian Miller. Yeah. Opted out during COVID. He's back. And, mm-hmm. yeah, is that – He was always supposed to have this – Higher-end yeah. draft pick. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was a, th- a third round maybe or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but he was – he was it was one of those picks where we were like – I can't believe we got him in the third round. It was like a value pick type of thing, similar to Gross Matos and um, and you know uh, Jeremy Chin. I guess late in the second, like we had him. I mean, these I are be a bubble player though. Yeah, I we have him listed at third. Have, uh, yeah. He doesn't have a um, rapport with the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, honestly, He's he probably like has the lack of again. He has a lack of rapport at this point. Like I think when you opt out for a season, I know that you're not supposed to hold that against them. You don't. Do you think there is a single like team in the NFL that doesn't look at somebody who opted out last year and thinks, uh, you know, oh, 
there i don't want them on like or it has some negative thought mm-hmm. about that player Man, i guarantee you you gotta wonder if that uh conversation not only has shifted from opt out to did you opt out and get the vaccine are you anti-vaxxer and this and that you know what i mean like now certain the clubs are starting to look at people who aren't getting the vaccine as a risk as a liability when it right. comes to their ability yeah all right. Well, uh, so what's right next? now, let's no. We didn't even really figure out who we like. What we thought were the real position battles here. Here, um, so right now, the defensive end, we've kind of got those locked in with Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns on uh, the ends. We know Derek Brown's there. Now we have the other tackle. That is, is that going to be our draft pick? Is that going to be the guy that we're thinking is going to be taking that position? Who do we have as our tackles? Who was the guy tackles? that a lot Defense of people like? Is, a lot of people like Daquan Jones. When That's no, the, Daquan, is, uh, Daquan's uh, the guy that we brought in via free agency. Right. right. Okay. He's going to meet the team because he's a veteran presence there. Nine years in the league, former Penn State guy. I think the name that I was thinking, or the name I was thinking of was Davion Nixon. Yes. He's down at Iowa, which a lot of people – have um ex- uh, you know they believe that and bravery on roy was is good too it was good last year yeah so he's gonna make the, the worst team. group it's not the worst group at defensive tackle no i'm just starting to think about marquise haynes like mm-hmm. is that gosh man he's really tr- supposed to be he's supposed to be um kind he's of four. showing out like um who was it that went to uh, kind of like a Mario Addison type player to me? That's who Ron Rivera compared him to. He said it looked like a young Mario Addison. But so far, he has not turned out to be the kind of player uh, that Mario Addison was, at least for us. Uh, although Mario Addison didn't start his career with a bang. Um, your two gross models in his second year. Um, and to go back to uh, uh, Bravion Roy for a minute, He's going to stay on the team because he's going to be a backup one tech for Derrick Brown. He's not that three tech pass rusher. So on downs, when it's time to bring Derrick Brown out and give him a breather, we're going to be putting in Bravio on Roy. So he's still going to be there. Um, Again, I've, I seem to think uh, I'm hoping and I'm hearing that Davion Nixon has the potential to make giant waves on our defense and really be a disruptor in the middle. Uh, that could definitely happen. I'm hoping that it does happen. Um, and then again, you that have to happen, Cody. If that does happen, then this defensive tackle group it turns out to be a strength. Yeah. And th- dude, this defensive line could be a top five D line if that's true. Dude, that's Bro. what I'm saying. But here's my question: Are we like we talk about what what defense are we going to be running? Do you think there is a shot that we're going to be running a five front? I mean, you got to think about these people that we have on the front. You're gonna, you can have an alternate. You, I mean, you can put Hassan Reddick on one side. I mean, and the reason I say that is they've invested with two cornerbacks right now. We have uh, J.C. Horn, who is a lockdown, like man-to-man coverage type of guy, and then we've put some. I would say we put some value on our our linebacking core in the off season with Perryman to try to take care of the coverage for slot receivers and stuff like that. I don't know if it's going to work out. But I think that it seems like we're really all in on our defensive front this year. I, I agree that the, the five man defensive front could work. I think if you had elite linebackers, to be honest with you, and we don't have elite linebackers because you got that—that that means you're going to leave two guys out there in the middle covering everything. 
I, I just don't think it's going to work. I think we're probably going to use a lot of blitzes. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're going to disguise a lot of blitzes, and, and we're going to use our speed. I mean, think of J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, Jeremy Chin, and Brian Burns. Having any of those guys fake the blitz and then drop back into coverage. That's like, true. again, you, you heard from Matt Rule when he was signed that he likes guys with that high athletic profile physical potential because yeah. they offer such a larger slate of possibilities of things that they can do if they're being matched up by a good defensive coordinator. So I think you're, you're seeing that on our defense now. We have so much speed. We have power in the middle. We're going to be able to really be versatile in what we want to do. Right. And I think confusion is going to really be um, a card in our deck here. Really not showing our hands as much. Speed. Well, yeah, I think confusion and speed. And when and when you ask this CK about, uh, is it a three front, four front, or even a five front? Right? Is that I think at times it's going to feel like a five front. Yeah. Right. But um, I I think this is, and in some ways we could run a three four, but it really be a four three because the guys that are are they're just not handing the dirt as much, right? If you think about it, is that Hassan Reddick plays better, not handing the dirt, kind of a stand up defensive end, right? right. Um, I think Christian Miller was pegged as that. Uh, you know, you almost wonder if you're going to put like uh, uh, Derek Brown, uh, YGM, and one other guy out there, and then you have Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick standing up. Right. And it's, yeah. it's like a 3 4 4 3. We don't know really what it is, uh, the kind of thing. So it's going to be that will be exciting to see. And what will be exciting to see is if we can figure it out. Can yeah, we crack the code for having these kind of tweeners in one aspect? Um, how do we find the system that fits these players right or best will be something to watch. Yeah, and, and, and for the people that are saying Hassan Reddick is going to be a bust because he can't cover, the reason he had a good year last year is because the Cardinals – finally put him where he was supposed to be. Right. You guys want to talk about somebody else who you, who doesn't know how to cover, who has actually never played out of position the way that he should have been, is Von Miller. Von Miller is the exact same type of player that is not going to be good in coverage, but is going to dominate as far as a pass rusher. And we saw it last year with Hassan Reddick and the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. They just took five, four years too long to figure out where he was at. And then by the time they figured it out, they already had a linebacking core that includes Chandler Jones and Isaiah Simmons. They're not going to be able to bring somebody back with us like Hassan Reddick to be able to, you know, pay him as well as these other, you know, you got to remember what they did this offseason. They put a lot of money in other places. Uh, Hassan Reddick so. almost became the most re recent version of Quentin Copels. If you're a Carolina Tar Heel fan, you will understand that is this isn't a guy who's a it's a beast, I mean, it's a damn beast. I think he was from Kinston, North Carolina on top of that. But it was just the coach's belief that he had to be a drop-back defensive end. You know what I'm saying? It's just because you're super athletic does not mean you need to be out there right. trying to cover tight ends. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Right. And I think that we got players now that are equipped to do that kind of thing. You know, like now, uh, you know, uh, you have a JC Horn, you have a lot of these bigger, stronger guys like Jeremy Chen that we've added to our defensive backfield that are the kind of matchup nightmares for tight ends. The guys that can be big and fast and physical and just jump in the way of those routes. Like we have those guys now. And, you know, we talk about Joe Brady a lot, and uh, at least me, I know I'm very optimistic. I think Joe Brady is a very good offensive coordinator, but I still feel like we don't, you know, we're not excited enough to see what Phil Snow can do with this defense. I maintain that last year was not a complete version of what Phil Snow wants the Panthers to be defensively, both him and Matt Rule. I'm excited because I think now, this year, we're going to see a much better representation of what the Panthers' defense intends to be for the next few years. Like that, Matt Rule and Phil Snow and Joe Brady, right now they're trying to build a culture, a culture of dominance on offense and defense. And that involves knowing what you want to be on offense and defense. This year, I think we're finally going to start to see what that really means for us. Yeah, 100%. Let's move to, since we were talking about some that coverage and those types of players, let's talk about the cornerbacks and the safeties. Right now listed a cornerback and in alphabetical order turns out to almost be starting order. Not, well, almost. A.J. Bouye is the first one, but still, J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, then A.J. Bouye, uh, Jalen Julius, never heard of him, uh, Rashawn Melvin, have her. He's played with us a little bit, I guess. Troy Pride Jr., Keith Taylor, Stanley Thomas, Oliver the Third. Folks, you you better temper your Troy Pride Jr. hatred. Oh yeah, hatred because you like he's going to make this team, bro. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, There's no reason he shouldn't. There's team. no reason he shouldn't. Right now, you're you talking know- about Horn Jackson starters. Bouye likely at at the nickel. Uh, you need a Troy Pride Jr. and only in his second year. Come on, come on, folks. I think people gave up on him too quickly. What I, do we I expect agree. him to be for us? Yeah, just let me just ask him. What 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 is what's Troy Pride's future with us? What's he going to do? I think I think in the best case scenario, he becomes a reasonable number two corner. Yeah. So just yeah. a number two corner. So twenty three years old. He's twenty three years old. He had one year in the league. I'm right. not ready to say. I mean, you know what is? What is he not going to be? I don't know. Is that people are ready to cut him? I'm sorry. I just don't think. Look, we gave Dante Jackson four years. Right. Four years, man. Right. And, and I'm not saying that he's going to be great. I don't know what he will be, but to quit on him is also. I think a little premature. Yeah. Well, Dante Jackson it. also had like six interceptions his rookie year, didn't he? Was the only other yeah. He's so, showing a higher ceiling. Yeah. Um, here's what I will say. If anything, you reading off that list of cornerbacks, you gotta you better pray that JC Horn works out yeah. the way that we want oh, him to be. Oh yes. You've <laughs> gotta pray because right now we are look a little better, doesn't it? When you look at that group. Yeah, like <laughs> you if, if for whatever reason, J.C. Horn turns out to be a massive bust, 
which I think we all are assuming that that's not going to be the case. I mean, if, right. if anybody believes in the chat that he's going to be a bust, just hand in your Panthers fan card immediately. Like, just be you, you clearly are Cephas and you want to be somebody who's just here to troll. And yeah, that's Cephas, it. Said, Get Cephas, out said he's too, Cephas said he's too grabby, bro. Yeah. So yeah, just just hand it in. But listen, if he doesn't work out, if he ends up being a bust, which we got to give him a few years, but let's say this year he turns out to be garbage, right? We have nothing. We have nothing. How about this? Say this. Don't even take that. It turns out to be garbage. What if he just gets hurt? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and you want to shit on me about Troy Pride? How about that? You'll be licking my asshole for Troy Bryan Jr. after that. Let me say right. this, and let me say this boldly. I am already con- and, and listen, I, I don't care if it, people want to talk shit on me or, or what. J.C. Horn right now, before me ever having seen one snap of him playing NFL football, J.C. Horn is already one of the best defensive players on our team. Fight me, bro. That's how confident I am. That's how confident I'm sitting here now. J.C. Horn is a certified badass. And, dude, I genuinely feel in my soul that's our next defensive rookie. If we can get get uh, an elite linebacker, like right now we have, what would you say, Brian Burns, top five defensive end? Well, we're all rooting for the it potential to be. Yeah, yeah, we're all yeah there. I mean, he, he's he was what number Loki, whatever his name is. He was number two in the in the entire NFL for pressures last year, right? Am I right on that? Uh, let me check. I, he it's was not the, like that. Yeah, and so let's 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 assume that he's top ten, right? And then you have Jeremy Chin, you know, he who is now safety. You know, it, what we saw last year, I think you can consider him in the. And probably the top fifteen, it, 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 whatever position that he's going to be in, just based on his his football knowledge. Um, and then you have if J.C. Horn turns out to be a top ten cornerback in this league, I mean, the only thing we would be missing as far as having an elite person on every level of this defense is going to be linebacker. That's a good point. If we miss on J.C. Horn, which we didn't, I think the pedigree because I mean, people, I know we're not we hate the Saints, but Joe Horn. Mm-hmm. was a sick-ass wide receiver. Dude. Mm-hmm. He was fucking amazing. And he won't the most um, athletic. Like, there was a lot to his game that was more than just being an NFL player. Like, he was a straight pro, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so if you can bring that with to your kid, like, I mean, he's got – he's had everything put out right there. And I got to tell you, when we read that list off, guys, it makes the – in retrospect, either – the pick that we made because we were all not moaning or bemoaning it, but you know what I'm saying? Was it the right one? Was it the right one? Was it the right, right one? But when you look at that position group right now, you almost wonder how could we made a different pick? <laughs> Good God. Well, it, it's thin, homie, and short. Right. Well, I wanted to ask, you know, CK, you said that if, if, J.C. Horn gets hurt or is no good, then we're, we're, we have nothing. Are we, what about Bouye? Are we not? Are we out on him? Is I he- mean, you gotta you gotta keep it. I mean, he had one season as a Pro Bowl, right? That was it. And yeah, but every, everybody gave uh, what's his name? He had a suspension last year. Anytime. I believe more in AJ Bouye than I do in Troy Pride. I would well, agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, well the difference fair. is Bouye is twenty nine. Troy mean, Pride's twenty twenty three. That, you gave Bouye, You gave Troy Pride one chance 
to be like, uh, like what do you, what did you need him to be to make you fucking amazed? We He's also play in the division that has the, the best wide right, receivers of the NFL in our division. Jackson is. Yeah, but he doesn't have he doesn't have the athletic ability that Dante Jackson does. He can't run a four three, and he's not big. He's not fast. He's not long. At least AJ Bouye, like yeah, say what you want about injuries or whatever, but at least we've seen the guy play at something considered to be a high level. And I think when you add Dante Jackson and JC Horn, like I'm actually not too mad at the depth right there. And then if you have to throw in Troy Pride as the one wild card, then I, I mean I guess it's better than nothing. Uh, Troy I'm just not Pride ran a four four, huh, man? Troy he Pride had more tackles last year than Dante Jackson did. Mm. For what he ran a four four. But we we've talked about this. Tackles in the secondary isn't a great thing. What else are we That's true. About? No, there's That's ten true. numbers between four four and four five. Like or nine Whoa. numbers, like there's a difference between four, four, okay. nine, and four, I mean, four, one. Is, look, sorry, here, ten fractional pick. numbers between that. <laughs> but, but it's like, yeah, you fra- thank you, thank you. Yeah. Fra- but it's the difference between four, five, uh, you between it, like, almost running numbers. a four, a five, and almost running a four, three. It's it's a big difference. You're right. There is a huge difference. But when, but when it comes down to it, NFL.com, bro. This is all I got. It just says four, four. 13 on the bench, 35-5 on the vertical jump. One night, you know what? How about this? Bring up your boy, Dante. I'm looking at it. I'd be interested. And look, I'm I'm not I don't hate on Dante. I think he could be our I think he could be good, but first of all, he's in a contract year for the Panthers. He's he's struggling with some injury. Right. Last year. Oh, I this is the guy that got paid. How you guys are gonna give up and act like Troy Pride is a shit player and we've really seen him in a very limited capacity i remember people joking on him because he's got baby arms he's got 30 30 inch arms or something like that oh and like when, they, you're, when you're in corner have they touch the ground when he wants it was, you know, it was like but who was it it was someone <laughs> famous on panthers twitter they were like shitting on troy pride because he has T-Rex arms and he's playing cornerback. I thought, I thought that was fun. I want to see it. I want to see. Well, look it up. I want you to tell me how short his hands are nine. And, oh, his arms are 30 and five eighths. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Apparently, that's really short. Well, you would be able to let us know. I don't know. What are Dante? Have you found it, back, back Danny? No, I'm, I can't find the, the his credential. Let me see if I can just type it in this. I already got this. Uh, let's see if I can do this. No, there's not a. Now, Dante Jackson. All right, what's the next position group we're going to argue about after this one? One I mean, we want to look at? I don't know where. I've, I've got two that are kind of off. Well, not really. I missed positions. All right, let's see. What we say, uh, Dante? What, what, let's see. All right, so I uh, guess yeah, so Dante ran a four point three two. His broad twenty nine inch arms. He had seven. <laughs> yeah, he's got shorter arms, little Mo. Look, he's shorter and smaller, and he got a thirteen on the bench press and didn't do nothing else. So don't act like he's just this superior athlete. I mean, he almost runs a four two. 
Four threes here. He is, he is, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cody, there's, there's, tw there's 12 numbers. fractional numbers. There's 12 there's fractional numbers. There's at least 12 numbers. There's he yeah. ran almost a 4-2. There's, there's 12 fractional numbers between 4 so, so hold on. So so the argument between 4-3 and 4-4 four, four is too much, but between 4-3-2 and 4-2 is not – it. that doesn't make any sense. No, that, no, no, that's no, no, no. If, if, if it, okay, it, it said a 4.4 four, – uh, which is it's just dumb that it didn't say a four point four instead of four four. Yeah, all right. So a four yeah, point four, 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 four. Okay, <laughs> it doesn't say okay if that number is four point four nine. Then that's closer. But to it wasn't. Four, it was four five. Yeah, it wasn't four point four four point four nine. Why, so, why it, so, what, so it was 4.40? Yeah, four point four zero. Yeah, four point four zero. You don't put the zero. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah, he's a good athlete. He's still not as <laughs> good athlete. Four four. This is it, man. Look, he almost doubled his bench press right now. But okay, didn't you just make the argument that, or, or well, one of you did that, like guys that are drafted in later rounds? Oh, but they're not meant to be. Uh, big name guys anywhere. They That's why we said number film. two cornerback. If, if you watch Dante Jackson's film. And compare it to Troy Pride's film from college. It's night and day. Oh, who gives a fuck? That's so stupid. They're on our team already, homie. Why don't we watch the way they play now? Yeah, okay. And Troy Pride is and not as good as Jackson. Troy Pride is not. It's just that Troy Pride is not going to be a starter on this team. You want Dante Jackson to be what you thought he was going to be. That's what it really truly comes down to. Is you want he him to could. be what you thought he could be, and you've already determined what Troy Pride Jr. can be, and that's just I, not right. I'm not saying he's gonna be great, but goddamn, everybody, I'm calling everybody out in Panther Nation who has said cut this dude right away, and I don't know if he's gonna be good or bad, but to give up on a player in an in bad situations. In difficult situations in the rookie year, it's just is too much. It's too much, man. Is that look? Look, we've got three more years with this dude, or two more years. Why don't we just see how it works out? Yeah, I mean, no one's saying cut him. You're sitting here telling me I should depend on Terrence Marshall Jr. and we ain't seen a goddamn snap from this. Yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference. They ain't on the same level. You're talking about mice and men, bro. They're wow. not the same thing. Wow. They're wow. not the same thing. They were never the kind of player right, that Terrence Marshall or Dante Jackson were. I disagree. I think you are too set uh, in – I think you've dug in too much in your foxhole. No, man. What, what has he ever done for this team? You're just saying, hey, maybe he will just because he hasn't been given a chance. Okay, okay, well, he's going he's to get that chance. No, one, no one's denying that he should have a chance. Of course he should have a chance. I'm just saying I'm not going to believe in him until I see him do something that's worth the damn. I don't names, think that's unreasonable. Name some plays that he, that he got blew up, blown up on. That he, like, how many times did you see oh, him just get oh, totally? Don't worry. I, we could name those. There's a couple of them. That's that's what I would at look at. At the same time, yeah. he was thrown in at, like, a... Back up again, you know, and like I, I feel the like best receiving core like, in the NFL. We don't need to run a motherfucker with a bus just yet. How about that? I mean, yeah, I don't think I don't think Cody's even doing that. Star. To be fair, 
Yeah, I'm not telling him. He's running over and backing up with him on his wheelchair. No, bro. he's just saying, like, if you're going to compare them to Dante Jackson, there's that's a completely different scenario. I think I think I, I agree with you, Tony. I think 100%. I think Troy Pride has an opportunity to be a better cornerback than Dante Jackson if given that opportunity. Um, because I mean, let's. I haven't been a fan of Dante Jackson. You could sit there all day and point out how many interceptions he has. I can point out every one of those interceptions that were just thrown right into his belly. If he dropped, he was going to laughed at, right? Every single, like there, like his entire rookie season was littered with them. Like, let's be honest about this. But he stuff. didn't so, drop them. This circles back I mean, to my that's like, that's like saying yeah, a wide receiver didn't drop their, the, 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 the pass, but couldn't right. He did what than, you expect him to do when the ball was thrown to him. Exactly, what, but it wasn't thrown. It was thrown right to him. It wasn't like he was in great coverage. But he was thrown. That's and, not his fault. Exactly, but you can't be praising the guy for a what for an interception that was just thrown into his lap. That's what I'm saying. Like he had six interceptions, and five of them were literally in his with no wide receiver within ten yards of the of the ball. Like Ooh, that, that may be a little extreme. I don't know about that. Like well, just only looking at watch back. some of those rookie interceptions. <laughs> I'll have to, yeah. I just want to circle back to this. My whole point was neither, not whether or not Troy Pride is better than Dante or this or that. That were going to be greater than that, that one. If AJ, uh, uh, JC Horn, Dante, and AJ don't stay healthy all fucking year and turn out to be pretty good, you better hope he's not a fucking bum. That's it. Well, yeah, but then, if we're in not, that situation, uh, we're not the upper tree anyway. Uh, well, okay. Well, no. Oh, so then you don't give a fuck. All right. So why don't we get to the next position group? Let's move on to the safeties, which oh, you have been on record of saying it's abysmal. It's Justin Burris. They do not have our other safety listed, as in Jeremy Chin. You want me to read it? I've got the list of all five right yeah, here. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Kenny Robinson. JT eBay, Sam Franklin, Sean Chandler, Justin Burris. What do they have Chin listed as? Is that just a linebacker? Yeah, I think so. Which is they, I don't know why they still have him listed as a linebacker. They've announced that they're moving him to safety. Have they? Yeah, they yeah, made an official. Much. Yeah, they said they want to move him back to his main position, which will be safety. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, how about this is, uh, if Justin Burris is half as bad as Cody believes he is, then we're, uh, up Sam Franklin's Creek without a paddle, which is why I think we've uh, gone so far in on this defensive line. Hopefully the safety never is an issue. Because yeah, the ball will never hope, get thrown there. Yeah. We're hoping that we hit him or <laughs> intercept him somewhere along the way first. It's yeah. a strategy. It's I don't know what to think about this, man, because like my my mind says this is a glaring hole on a roster. I'm sorry if any of you are going to try and blow smoke up my ass and tell me that any one of these guys is going to be like the guy for us. I'm like, dude, uh, feels no. like it's a position group where there might be a late addition. In free By the way, 31, 34. 42, 37, and 27. So they're all old as fuck, too. Even yeah. better. No, that's uh, not dude. I mean, Keith, uh, we all thought Kirk Coleman was going to be a bum, and he turned out to be pretty damn good for us. Who thought huh. Kirk was, Coleman would be a bum? 
There was, no, he was not, bro. Well, like, fuck he was with, old. He was that 2015 uh, defense, yeah. man. Don't act like he was sorry. Come on. No, I'm not. I'm saying he was damn good. He he was fucking. Right, right. was I'm badass for us. That being older at that position isn't awful, right? We had Roman Harper come in here. Mm-hmm. Old as shit at that point. We've always kind of sprinkled in this position group um, by need and necessity. I wouldn't be surprised though if there was a late addition to this bunch. Well, and, and I don't know, disagree. I'm gonna bring up the point here too. Burris was a fourth round pick, so you know, Cody, we we're talking about. I don't think most of the time you don't expect a fourth round pick to be a starter. So I don't expect much out of him to be a starter. And I do really hope that we sign a, a late day signing for this. Yeah, is a guy we're rooting for, right? Is he has not been a bum again? It's like this: is that it's kind of like what I've been talking about with the wine. Like, is once the original plan doesn't work, you're counting so much on the backup plan. But I do think this is the position group where the original plan is the most uh, dubious from the start. What about this guy, Lano Hill? I didn't even hear y'all mention that on the roster because I'm sitting here looking at the roster on ESPN. It's a guy from Seattle, looks like. Third round pick. Mm. 6'1, 215. Uh, What's his name? 25. Lano Hill. Play safety? Yeah. He's not on the roster. He's not on the Panthers roster. Oh, well, I'm just looking on. I'm sorry. I was looking on ESPN. I'm not sure. Oh, wait, here he is. Uh, defensive back, 6-1, out of Michigan, fifth-year player. Third-round pick. They just have listed as a DB. Let me see who else uh, listed as just DB, and it's almost like where they um, – him and Miles Hartsfield are the two guys that they don't – wait. Do we mention Sean uh, Chandler, too? Yeah, that's it. it oh, just, Del- Delano Hill. Yeah. Well, how about this? Is it doesn't make us feel any better? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it definitely doesn't. And like, my my thing is free safety, right? Because mm-hmm. like, if Jeremy Chen, I think Jeremy Chen has the potential to be a damn good strong safety. I mean, I'm talking mm-hmm. like maybe, hopefully, one day, maybe even Troy Palomalu esque. That's what we're hoping, right? Um, but yeah, at the free safety position. Um, it's a glaring hole for us right now. Um, I know somebody mentioned that, uh, you know, Kenya Robinson's uh, 6'3", uh, you know, 22 years old. Or no, uh, 27, 6'3", 200 pounds, and he can kind of run. Um, maybe he fills in at that position. Again, that's another guy that we drafted that you hope can turn into something. He's right. in his second year. Listen, I would love nothing wrong. Well, really? or I would love nothing more than We're- to be wrong about the guys that we've drafted that yeah. haven't done something yet. Like, if you're a sleeper and you're ready to contribute on this team, I'm pumped for it, man. Whoever it is. If, we, if you had compared this roster to a craps table, right, is that what we're when we get to – the, the to the safety position right now we're talking about the kind of longest odds you know it's kind of like the hard 10 at that point is that we are that this is where we have put kind of the we have allocated our risk on this defense to the most 
And we didn't really even talk about the linebacker group is that I do believe that uh, Shaq Thompson has a lot to me to prove as a, as a player still, maybe Mm -hmm. not. That might not be the word because he's an NFL player. I'm not, he, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, well, he don't got to prove shit to me, but I do wonder, I do want to see Shaq Thompson. I think he's got to play better than last year. How about that? Well, I think he needs to play like he did the last half of last year. All right, after they got rid of the big black penis. Right. Right. Who was that guy? He looked like a giant penis when he took his helmet off. I can't even remember his name. Uh, It was uh, Whitehead. Here, Whitehead. Whitehead. Tired Whitehead. Yeah. Oh, watch out. for. (laughs) It's actually the opposite of what he looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... Gross. Tony, you, you just need to get out of here. Just go on and get out, bro. <laughs> you're, you're good. Just, just exit through the back. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Jermaine Carter Jr. has a lot to prove, not a lot to prove, wants to prove a lot. I think he wants to prove a lot. And what else did we do at uh, linebacker group real quick before we switch back to the offensive side of the ball? I don't even know who else we got. Uh, we got um, Sean oh, Melvin, Keith Taylor. I have, a, I have a list right here. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm just on Panthers. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just on. I'm just on Panthers. Uh, uh, Panthers.com. So we have Christian Miller, Shaq Thompson, Julian Stanford, Denzel Perryman, Frankie Louvu, Clay Johnston, Paddy Fisher. Jeremy Chen, who's still listed at linebacker, and Jermaine Carter Jr. Now, this is uh this is interesting to me because last year we really complained. I mean, the absence of Luke Keekley was blatantly obvious mm. uh, that, that we did not have him and that we were missing him. And let's be frank, it's gonna be a long time until we find someone that can even do half of oh, what Luke sure. Keekley does. Okay. Um, but in, in the meantime, we're just hoping that someone can, you know, that we can have a, an at least serviceable linebacking core. Mm-hmm. Um, again, well, right now, it, then. let me ask you this who truly is it if you believe that Jeremy Chin is actually going to be playing more kind of a sly safety position? You know what I'm saying? Like, the I mean, really, we're talking about the only true linebacker names on this list. Or Shaq Thompson and Perryman. Christian Miller, we don't know what the fuck he is, and he's more of a defensive end. Yeah, you he's know. literally you know listed that way. Like, too. That don't count. That don't count. Julian Stanford, who the hell is he? Frankie Luva, who the hell is he? Clay Johnston, who is he? This mm-hmm. is about Jermaine Carter, Denzel Perryman, and Shaq Thompson. If that's not the group, dude, I don't know who is. Yep, and uh, I think especially when we go to our uh, uh, three, four fronts, uh, Denzel Perriman and Shaq Thompson are going to be the mics in the middle, and then we're going to have our edge rushers in the form of Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns um, playing the outside. Maybe Jermaine Carter Jr. gets some looks uh, here and there. Um, Again, and then when you talk about Christian Miller, you're talking about edge rusher. You know, I would even throw Marquise Haynes into this mix. I know they have him listed as a defensive end, but he was also that what's called a joker defensive end, meaning he's a lighter guy 
they'll uh, put him at five tech, but they'll also have him rush uh, at an outside linebacker position. So uh, again, we're, we really don't have too many options in the middle and you hit the nail on the head, Tony It's Shaq Thompson, uh, which we know, uh, uh, Perriman who we brought in to be our man in the middle, who is a thumper. I, I do think that he is going to drastically help our run defense. At least I'm hoping, um, it has to be in, uh, uh, a, a better jump up in talent over what we had before. Uh, and Jermaine Carter. And I think Jermaine Carter is an interesting conversation. Uh, he's in his fourth year. He'll be a free agent after this year. Um, and is he just depth? Like, is he ever going to come, come into a starting role here? I kind of don't think so now. All right, let's switch over to the off- offensive side of the ball. And let's talk starting with, we've already done the wide receiver group. Really, there's only, and the quarterback group, there's only two position groups left. The offensive line, we can split them up if you'd like into center guard tackle. I think that might be a little overcomplicated as in. Let's talk offensive line and tight end group. And I got to tell you this is that, I mean, clearly we're happy that we signed uh, Taylor Moten, right? A necessity. And what I think is awesome, I've found how to pull it up is who's going to be who's going to fill out the rest of this offensive line. I know everybody believes that Paradis is going to be the starter. I like this is I'm telling you you guys are pegging a lot of people in to play that dubious left tackle position. A lot of people love Trent Scott. I still don't think it's going to be him. I think it's going to be look at this as this is his picture on panthers.com. Long neck, Cam Irvin. <laughs> wow, it's a I long neck. A long he neck. Like a giraffe. He looks like a giraffe. Uh, anyway, uh, Cam Irvin, Brady Christensen. Who the hell is going to play on this offensive line? Clearly, it's going to be Taylor Moten uh, up there somewhere. Matt Paradis. Fill in the rest of it and tell us what we should look forward to when it comes to training camp. So, so listen, man, I, I I'd like to call my shots early, and if I'm wrong, I don't mind if I'm wrong badly. Okay, I'm calling my shot. Deontay Brown is about to make big time waves, y'all. Uh, we drafted this man in the sixth round. Uh, he's one of those guys that I've been watching for, you know. Every time I evaluate talent, of course, you're always watching Alabama every year because they have a ton of first-round draft picks. And your eyes just always go to Deontay Brown on film, just destroying dudes. I'm talking about bouncing dudes out the paint, bro. Uh, Strong as hell. The guy is a boulder. And I I think that if he really turns it on, he has the potential to be a game-changer in our offensive line. Again, I know he's not necessarily a, a big name um, uh, per se. If you've been following me and other Panther content creators that follow the draft and college, we've been telling you that he's a, a great player, but I, I think he could be really special for us. And we might even uh, potentially build around him in our interior. I believe he's that good. Um, and then tackle. I mean, that's, I mean, anyone's guess 
who left tackle is going to be. Tony believes it's Cam Irving for yeah. some reason. Maybe, uh, maybe so. I don't, I don't know. Um, I just want. I hope that Brady Christensen plays this year. I want to see him on our offensive line, and I want to see him contribute meaningful snaps. Um, when you look at this bunch, Cody, though, as do you compare this bunch uh, outside of defensive line? I feel like there's been some. There, this is kind of a tenuous group of players. Like it could work out to be pretty good, but what is the group that is dominant? Right, like I mean, the most dominant group. And if you even say wide receiver, I think there's question marks there, but just because there's two of them, and there is, you're counting on a rookie to contribute. I think defensive front is the most sure group out of this entire team. I don't know if this offensive line is that it's a, a lot of upside, kind of a lot of hopes and wishes, mm-hmm. a lot of if my aunt had not <laughs> be my uncle type thing. But right now is that, I mean, Taylor Moten and Paradis are the only players that are even have a name. Even have a name. Yeah. Uh, David Moore. John Miller, Mike Horton, so Dennis many Daly, and Deontay so- Brown are currently listed as guards for us. Uh, and here's another question that doesn't go away: uh, Is Greg Little just the ultimate bust? Is there no future for him on this football team? And by no, the way, you give him any fucking opportunity, but you want to piss on Troy no, Pride. Dude, yeah, it's so funny that you said that because I was about to pitch it right back at you, dude. People are like, okay, I'm wanting to not give up on Greg Little, and everyone wants to write him off like, okay, he's done, he's trash, whatever. Fucking years, so why, why, why do it for one and not the other? Because one, we've only seen play in three games. The other one we've seen and play in 23 games. Okay. You know maybe he was in the wrong maybe he was in the wrong maybe he was in the wrong position though. Oh my god. And we, it's not like we didn't see Troy Pride make a bunch of bad plays also. So what's the difference? What did Troy Pride bang your sister, bro? No. Did Greg Little? No, none of them did. Who hurt you, man? Why can't, Greg, why can't Greg Little be a meaningful contributor on this football team? He might be, but like, how the fuck are you ready to cut Troy Pride Jr.? But like, you no, no, you no, no, you're taking me. I never said cut Troy Pride. I'm saying that he's never shown anything that's indicative of a starter. Right, right. So why would I yeah. believe that it is now? Well, what is Greg Little showed us that's indicative of a starter? There's nothing. I mean, that's nothing. The the, the I agree with Cody on this. I think that he could have a position, but to compare him to Pride, I think is a bit problematic. Greg Little has had more opportunity to make the team as a starter than Troy Pride ever had. And so I, I think that for multiple years to have a disappointment like uh, Greg Little has been, I think that's where Tony has a point. But I do think that straight up, how many times has he talked shit on this podcast about Dennis? Yes, Mar- Marty Hurley, man. Well, but, but it's because I remember watching his old Miss film 
and being like, oh, why does anyone like this guy? Like, I didn't like, like him watching Tony his film. Ely or Greg Little. And I will forever say Greg Little because Coney Ely wasn't a bust. He had one phenomenal fucking game. And he's right. damn near Super Bowl MVP. I know. I mean, like, how about that? Is how does that guy have that game in that stage? And then his career. So, I mean, I think Greg Little, I'm ready to say he's a bust. I don't know for what you should do with him. Don't know what you should do with him. But fucking stop shitting on Troy Pride. Stop defending him. He's never done anything. I'm not even defending him. Yes, I'm you are. Him. If, if you're saying don't that I want him. If, him. If, I just if, don't say is don't make him the sacrificial lamb. If you're saying that I want him cut, then I'm saying that you want him to be our starter. Mm. You said he's a bum anyway. All right. Uh so the offensive line continues to be difficult to forecast at this point. At least at the best. Yeah. The top talking points. What are the top talking points when it comes to this offensive line? Real quickly, I think one is not only Taylor Moten extension, but can we try him at left tackle? <laughs> right? Like that's one. Another is is Brady Christensen a bomb? Like four man rush kind of tells us. I feel like they're way down on Brady Christensen. And I also believe that the continued reference comes back. Well, he's like a third round tackle or second round guard. To me, that's a top storyline. Three, do you think it's Greg Little or do you think it is Cam Irvin and the group of Trent Williams fighting for a real role on this offensive line? Like, what's the third? Is do I got him out of? Why don't you rank the offensive line stories then? Maybe like, what do I got out of line? I think Moten extension and moving the left tackle has to be the number one. Right. I mean, really, what's like even like other than that? It's just all speculation bullshit. Right. What's next? What's next? Who's gonna play left tackle? Who's going to play on the other side of Moten? I don't know how you frame the question. Can we just say this? Because it's such a question mark. I think it's who, I don't think it's who's going to play left tackle. I think the question is who's going to be our tackles? Because right. I'm telling you, I'm. I'm who plays opposite of Moten? Whether, whatever it is. Yeah, but, but that does mean it's like, it's okay. Taylor Moten's contract, but also does he stay at right tackle? And number two, do any of these other bubble guys work into the line and actually prove themselves to be something? Like right now, we might as well be throwing arrows at a dartboard. Oh, I'll say Brady Christensen, and then CK will say Trent Scott. Right, right. And then you'll say Cam Irving. Like right now, we just don't know anything. Right. So one is, all right, so what is the number one storyline then needs to be who plays on the other side of Moton. Yeah, I mean, that's, that that's the, the number one. Yeah, I would say so. And then number two, how does that affect who the fuck is our, gu- our guards are? <laughs> like, it's almost a revolve. It's almost like they're making them jump on the carousel. Like, they give Moten the first seat, and then they start the carousel up, and then these other guys got to jump right. on and figure out where the fuck they're at. Right. It's, it, it, it really is. This is their... Oh, there is by far 
not a position that I'm excited to start to hear news about more than our offensive line. We have a bunch of guys on the bubble. Trent Scott, Cam Irving, Dante Brown, David Moore, Greg Little, Brady Christensen. Like there's only so many spots, you know. Right. Oh, they're gonna put them all. I, we're gonna all those players that you said their name. I guarantee you they're gonna be on the team. Guarantee every one of those names, may minus potentially Greg. I think they're all there. I think this is let's throw spaghetti. Uh, let's throw shit at the wall till it sticks. I mean, you might not be wrong. All right. Uh, so the last uh, position group is the tight end group. And uh, we briefly spoke about this last week where um, Joe Brady came out. Well, we heard Dan Arnold saying he's ready to step up to the next, you know, to be a contributor for a team, which is exciting. The sad part about this was followed up that Joe Brady said that tight ends were a giant part of his offense that somehow were not part of his offense when he only had a quarterback and throw five yards down the field. You would think if you had a, that that would be where you would see some tight ends. Right. Anyway, um, right now I feel like we're only down to what? How many names? What we got? Tremble? Tommy we Tremble. Arnold. We have Dan Arnold. We have Tommy Tremble. We have Ian Thomas. Um, I don't know if there's any more, but if there are, it doesn't matter. Those I are the only three names that I matter. Think all three stay on the team. See, like most a like the it's like um is Ian Thomas run a running unopposed? Oh, like in an election unopposed where he no like, I think Ian Thomas might not be on the team. How? Well, who's gonna do fucking supplant him? We have we have two new tight end uh, like Tommy Tremble and uh, Dan Arnold. Yeah, uh, and, and you have yeah, to keep three tight ends. There's no way you just keep two. But again, you just said that we're going to keep all those offensive linemen. They're all making the team. Right. You think that we're going to keep six wide receivers? Like it's only a 53-man roster, right? Five wide receivers, personally. Um, but maybe six. Is, but no, do you really think you can roll into the season? When was the last time that any team rolled into the season with just two tight ends, period? Where they got to go out there on special teams and play? Who are the other tight ends on our team? I'm the nobody we're talking about. Uh, huh, I'm one to... name that somebody's gonna be like, y'all are sleeping on Bobo. Uh, these, are, uh, these are the names uh, on our tight end list. It's Tommy Tremble, Colin Thompson, oh, Ian a... Ian Thomas, Stephen Sullivan. Out of LSU and Giovanni Ricci. I think the Stella Sullivan names a lot of people have attached because I think Brady was with him and blah blah blah. Yeah. But yeah. the outside of this is like ugh. you better hope Trimble is a fucking bomb ass motherfucker because you guys are all ready to kick Ian Thomas to the curb. Yep. It's a new day here in Carolina, man. All that older shit that ain't working out got to go. I mean, the, the, the like you want to talk about somebody who's had had opportunity and just squandered. Ian Thomas is the yeah, epitome of that. You're right. He has not not had it. That's for sure. Last I mean, year we it, didn't have anybody. Yeah, I mean, listen. Every time he has had an, I mean, I would I would venture to guess his drop rate right now is ridiculous. 
How many times it's, did he just drop a like balls that were right in his hands? Yeah, he's thirty-one targets, twenty receptions. Not not too great. Sixty-six percent, maybe. Somewhere. I now. mean, it's uh, exciting because he's just like this tall motherfucker that you know. He, I, I almost feel like Dan Arnold should play for the Saints. Like I feel like that's a tight end they would get. I I agree. I'm glad we got him instead. Right. All right. Um. Okay, so we went through all the roster positions. Let's get to the cat calls. Uh, before we do that, I'd like to remind everybody to smash the thumbs up button, like, subscribe, leave a review, do whatever you can to just uh, tell one person about the podcast. I, yeah. Like that's the best thing you can do for this show. And in, in my opinion, Panther Nation is for us to grow a conversation. Like I said, that this show is about us riding into the uh, riding in the car to and from the game, chopping up, you know what I'm saying? Getting after each other. And I tell you, Cody has been wrong all show. He's been wrong all show. Ah. I would have French fries at him in the back, throwing French fries at me. And I'm just eating them, catching them, because I'm untouchable. I'm not <laughs> wrong on this shit. I'm not wrong, man. All right. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can jump in the chat room. We're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Periscope, and you can call into the show at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Check the Discord chat out. The notes, uh, the link for it are in the show notes. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the cat calls, which are, can you bring the banner up for me, Cody, real quick? Yep. Cat calls brought to you by Avolta. They're powered by Avolta in some ways. You can say you can own your own energy. If you live in North or South Carolina and you're a home owner, you need to call my man, Kevin Brown. The number is 704-215-3373. He can help you achieve energy independence, add equity to your home, uh, go green and uh, fix rate for life. That's the kind of cool thing. I was thinking about this. If you cut your cord when it comes to, for instance, what are cord cutters known for? Cutting the cord with cable. Mm. I was a Hulu dude. and But it, it don't matter who you are. You're a Hulu dude. You're a YouTube dude. You sign up. It's 44 bucks, And seven months later, it's 59 bucks. <laughs> it's 54.99. All of a sudden. But here, if you call La Volta, it's the same rate for the rest of your fuck. You're the rest of your life. The rest of your life. Whew. Call it back. All right. Let's get into the cat calls. And let me see if I can do this smoothly since. Hey, real like quick. That. 61 people watching. 39 likes in the chat. What? Please hit the Damn thumbs them. up if you're enjoying the content, man. We This is our uh, uh, the subscriber shame, man. If you like what we're doing, if you like us BSing. Yeah, man, hit the subscribe button. Like us if you like what we're doing. And uh, yeah, man, keep coming back. Sub, sub, subscribe, shame. You just got shamed. All right. <laughs> that Let's, uh, Let's see if this works, hopefully. So, what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty. You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Audio yeah, good? Very uncomfortable. So yeah. How do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like... Oh, there it goes. Uh -oh. Nope, now I miss... Now I'm <laughs> <laughs> Who's that kid that 
Street fans, Panther Nation, what is up? It is your boy, Josh from Matt. What up, Josh? You know, I, I, we'll, let's get the, the fancy talk. Let's get right down to it. Now, I've been thinking about this young defensive guy, right? And within our own division, the the trials they're going to be put through as young young athletes, and, and not not only young athletes, but you know some guys who we were expecting or hoping can come round to the form this season. And I think the difficulty of our division can help this team elevate. Um, and I'm not just talking about the Bucks. I think the Saints are still going to be a tough team. Um, and I think, really, I think a lot of us are looking at it as we could probably beat the Falcons twice this year. But that doesn't discredit uh, the fact that their offense has, has been kind of what that team thrives on. So I, that's Really, what I'm getting at here is is these offenses that this defense is going to have to go against. Man, oh man, I, I think they're going to be pretty battle tested by the end of this year. I mean, that's not to say like J.C. Horn already pretty much. Has. I mean, coming out of college, he covered you know most of <clears throat> most, if not all, of the great receiving talent, and, and you know, including Pitt. Um So I think that's just really going to help these guys. Um, it's kind of kind of whack that we play the Bucks twice at the very end of the season, but we're kind of used to that kind of deal being, being the jam now. Is, you know, end of the year, we play the best team in our division, or you know, last, the, the, the best team in our division from last year twice at the end of the season. Um, I mean, if that's if that any indication of what we expect Phil Snow to start doing as the season goes on, and as guys mature, and as guys respond to the Taking up their responsibilities. Um, oh, I, I really think, and I mean, I know, again and again and again. It's been said again and again. But I really think this defense, by the end of this season, is going to be uh, a really battle-tested, hardened group that they're going to go through their knocks, they're going to go through their tough, their tough moments. There's going to be some lovely stuff. But I think by the end of this year, We'll see flashes of a defense that can be nothing short of dominant. And I'm already out of time, Panther Nation. Y'all have a great one. Out. Out. Love it. Love the boy Josh from Mass. Um, I like what you said, too, about our battle-tested defense. Like, you know, I've been saying this a long time. I think this defense is really – I mean, obviously outside of some holes that – at. Right. Free safety, which I agree with what CK said completely. Like, we're hoping that we're so fast and aggressive and physical that it's just not even a problem. And listen, that look, uh, I think we have a, I mean, we're doing a Panthers podcast here. I think we have a pretty good hand on the finger of what Panther fans are excited about and not excited about. Right. And I think one of the commonalities that you hear from most Panther fans is this defense has the opportunity to really cook and really turn it on and be a, a violent, aggressive, fast, strong defense, man. 
we have all the tools available to make it happen. And again, I've said that I think our defense playing aggressive is the best possible thing that can happen to our offense. If we have a ball hawking defense that's taking the ball away, getting stops on third and fourth down, I mean, that's going to reward our offense being more experimental, being more aggressive, taking some shots down the field when you know that you have a little bit of leeway because your defense is balling out. Um, I, I'm just pumped. I think they have the potential to be a special unit. And um, I'm just pumped. And my, you know, I echo Lynn Leon Hart, who says the expectations are very high for this defense. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I can kind of agree with – I definitely agree with by the end of the season they're going to be battle-tested because, you know, I've been saying this, you know, the, the, the whole show really with the the defense. We, we play against, I think, the best wide receivers and quarterbacks in the last few years combinations in the entire league. I mean, look look at who they got to play against. I mean, right, right. Ha- hate him if you want to, but you've had Matt Ryan with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. I know he's not there anymore, but you've had that. You know, you've had – uh, Breeze with Michael Thomas. You've got Brady now with his offensive weapons. Like we've had to play against some tough defense. So that's why it's hard for me to beat up a player after the first year, especially in the defensive backfield. But I do think I agree with him that by the end of the season, we'll be definitely battle tested once we played all those teams because it's not going to be easy. I mean, I don't know a few of those anymore, but it's still going to be very tough. This defense reminds me is reminiscent of the 2013 Carolina Panthers defense where the secondary was a mishmash of people, right? And the front seven just beasted and got 64 sacks that year. You plugged in K1 short and started Tulele, which we did not know in their rookie years were going to be so fantastic, right? But them together were this fantastic tandem. And then you added Charles Johnson and Greg Hardy on the other sides. And it gave the secondary so much latitude. Mike Mitchell was like a pro bowl safety. And it was actually a good player. Went on to play some decent years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he's kind of one of those players, too, that I think is a lot like a Trey Boston. Not in style, but this is that a player, man, if you put them on a really good defense, they can be a really good player. But if you put them on a shitty defense, you see that they're just an okay player. This front four, five, or six, or whatever we're running could be deadly. I think, though, as you get further down the ranks from defensive front to linebacker to corner to safety, more and more questions pop up. But if you, if we get, what are we going to get 50? If we get 55 sacks this year, who gives a fuck? Right. Not who gives a fuck? But, I mean, like, that's going to make that secondary. Sam Franklin's life will be a lot easier. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, All right. Let's go uh, to the next call. Hey, guys. This is Steve from Myrtle Beach getting back to you guys. Um, I have two big points to make, basically. Um, I watched all the uh, Jets uh, games with Sam Donald starting in them. Uh, on YouTube the last few years, about 12 to 14 minutes apiece. Uh, and obviously, uh, there were highlights and lowlights, of course. Um, first, that Crowder guy, that Crowder guy is just an amazing, he's a beast. 
And uh, what Duke, I like the most former Duke is that player. Robbie Anderson back in 2019 on the team uh, was looking really good. And that was a pretty decent offense that the Jets had at that point. Now, obviously, a lot of three and outs and all the other crap and everything. And uh, a lot of the um, interceptions I noticed that Sam Donald's been throwing is just a, a lot of misjudgment and everything. Now, now in the Jets in 2020, the Robbie was gone and had no running backs either, so it was really very little to play with. And Donald did a lot more things. He looked worse because he was trying to force things and everything. He had nobody to dump the ball to at all. The running game was atrocious. So I think he's going to look really good with his. He's got weapons and everything. Um, in fact, when I'm watching him look good and getting out of the pocket and just basically evading tackles and everything, he looks to me like Big Ben, Rez, uh, Big Ben from uh, from Pittsburgh, a little bit like him as well. And he's got the arm to make throws. He's making throws on the run. And uh, if he had somebody to work with on, on the offense, I think he would produce much better results. So I'm really forward to looking for next year's season. Have a good day, guys. Love it. Love that call, man. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the 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 optimistic side of looking at Sam Donald as you know this guy didn't have a lot of help. This guy has all the physical potential. He has the arm talent. He has the mobility. I even understand the Ben Roethlisberger comparison. I mean, it, it, Sam's six foot four. Uh, you know, he's able to break off runs. He's a big guy. You don't expect him to be so big, but he is a big guy. Um, and listen, all the physical talent is there. From a physical perspective, he's the exact opposite of Teddy Bridgewater. He just has to put it all together. And the fact that he has uh, Joe Brady now, and he has a quarterback coach, and he has Matt Rule, and McCaffrey, and all the receiving weapons. Like, if our offensive line can at least be serviceable, dude, I'm telling you. Somebody said, uh, Tim Estes, and I've been saying this, and he mentioned it again. Uh, and I, to me, this is there are no more truer words. In my opinion, and in Tim's opinion, this is a boomer bust football season. And it all depends on Sam Darnold. I, I don't think, I think we're either going to be a great it team. It means we're going seven and. No, nah, don't put that on me. No, I, I, we're, yeah. we're going farther. Oh, I like this team. I What's think we're going to do it, think? man. What's the best record? Do you, how many games do you think? The boom. Yeah, what's the boom? Uh, I, we, we talked about this last week. I think so. What? 14 and 3? Oh, my God. 14 and 3. 14 okay. and 3, maybe 13 and 4. At the high end? That's yeah, the boom. Yes, that's going to stand, Vegas. That's Don't go to Vegas. I'll give you, I'll give you 12 for $10. Oh, Greg, you owe me like $78,000. Like, you need to go through the list of $5 bets we got. We should go through the list. (laughs) And I know one thing is I won the over-under from last year. Did you? Oh, man. Totally. Five? Was five the number? Okay. Um, Boom. I thought your boom was going to be 11, 10. That like uh, you're a, that's a boom, 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 bang, bang, bang. Thirteen. I think if this is, if this, dude, but like uh, again, like, did you not hear the roster we went through tonight, dude? No, yeah, okay, but I also <laughs> hear all the talent. No, I definitely like we're looking at two different rosters, man. I see all the talent. Like we're we're going over positions that we thought were interesting, or or you know where the battles might be and stuff. 
But overall, we if you threw like, every position, bro. We didn't go through just the position. Our we defensive line is stacked. Our, our defensive backfield is much improved. We have a ton of receiving talent. We have a great offensive coordinator, who I think is great. I think J.C. Horn could be the defensive player of the year. Yeah, man. I'm look. If y'all want to call me a Panthers homer. Fine, but I think nah, I was actually not gonna call you a Panthers homer. I was just gonna call you a uh, kind of sort of a lunatic. I think in fourteen and three. That's all right. Crazy people not being a homer. Up being geniuses, man. I thought you were a lunatic. Like <laughs> I'm not a homer. I'm a homer, and I still don't even. All right. Um, the yeah, you're a homer that, that thinks Troy Pride Jr. is going to be a starter, and we're still going to go up seven and nine or whatever. Yep, checks out. Somebody, somebody <laughs> help me. Somebody he's going to be a starter. He said solid second number two, right? No, you said what do you hope he can be? Yeah, That's exactly just... what you said. What do you hope he can be? Not what I think he's going to be, what it could be, or this and that. And you're Mister Boom over here. And now, why don't you flip the court? Why don't you play politician on us? Why don't you play politician on us and be like, well, if we're not 14 and three, well, clearly we'll be three and 14. Three and 14. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Look. That's it, man. Listen, you can call me a lot of different shit, but one thing that you will definitely call me is consistent, dude. I, I call my shots. Or I dyslexic. Call my shots. I call them early, man. man. No, dude. I have said this is a boomer bust football season. It's either going to be really fucking good and super cool, and the Panthers are going to be blazing, or it's going to be another shit show, and we're going to be regretting the fact that we banked everything on on Sam Darnold. But again, I think it's either or. or. So. Can we go back to the call quickly, which was about Sam Darnold's performance? And I do think that we're on a lot of, you know, look, the optimism resides in this is that um, he said it is that the best weapon he had last year was Jameson Crowder. And Jameson Crowder is like a poor man's Curtis Samuel. Right. I mean, if, if you think about it, he's like a he's a he's an older player. He's kind of. He's just a slot receiver mm-hmm. who who exceeds expectation. He formerly played for Duke, a guy that I thought the Panthers could have drafted at one point, and we were highlighting him at one point. You know, fifth, sixth round, fifth round by, pick by the Washington Football Team. Uh, another cool thing that the caller highlighted was Robbie Anderson uh, was a different type of player when he was with Darnold, right? So when we brought in Robbie Anderson last year. We're thinking stretch the field, stretch the field, do all those right. big play. He's going to be three for 70 and, a t- you know, whatever. But it turned out Robbie Anderson was a critical piece to this team, and he just was a possession receiver. Mm-hmm. So, look, there is – look, there's a lot of people talking about the bad tape, the bad tape with Sam Darnold, and that, it all exists. It does exist. Like, he forces stuff. He kind of ridiculous at times. Uh, I think at times he had to feel like he was playing hero ball, right? Uh, for a team that was playing from behind and and that put everything on him with very little talent around him. On the other hand, too, 
is that he was didn't have good circumstances in coaching room. I've, I've tried to bring this up over and over and over again about Adam Gase not only being a just a, a defective part of the NFL, but Adam Gase was the uh, their head coach, their offensive coordinator, and their quarterback coach, and he wasn't good at any of them. Yeah. You know, so I mean, like, is that is that this is I almost feel like whatever you saw with Sam Darnold with the Jets is the floor. Yeah, that's the floor. I don't think he's going to be I don't know if he's going to be great, bad in between, but it can't get much worse. That's a fucking sure. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the one thing looking at Sam Darnold I've seen is is he can throw the ball down the field. You're right. There are a lot of like bad looking plays out there. I see him do. But I've also seen some pretty amazing stuff out of him. Some pretty nice throws down the field. I saw uh, – I was trying to compare it. I know whenever they did the draft this year, like when they had all these elite quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance and all coming out, they would always put up this comparison with Brady and Rodgers and like the throws they could make. And I was watching Sam Darnold highlights the other day and watching Sam Darnold make the exact same throws. So I know he's capable of doing it. I'm just wondering if he can do it with the talent that he has around him. You know? I mean, yeah. if he can't do it now, he's not going he, to be able to do it. I agree. If he can't do it now, I don't think he's got it in him. Yeah, I that's agree. and we're giving him the keys too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. You know, oh, he got question. a DUI earlier, and he went to his meetings, and now we're giving him the keys. Yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> he drinks and drives right now. We're gonna have some problems. <laughs> the number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight, and doesn't matter because it's probably the last call of the night. Panthers podcast, my brothers, how y'all doing? Hey, RCA. Well, it's simple, y'all. Aren't y'all glad Moton got signed? I am so fucking glad that Moton got signed. And let's be honest, if we, if we would have had that other GM we used to have, like I mentioned his name, this shit wouldn't have happened. I'm telling you, this shit wouldn't have happened. Knowing him, he would have extended Ian Thomas' contract for like, fucking like $30 million guaranteed or some shit. You know, I'm just glad that the new GM we got, you know what I'm saying, re-signed this daggone dude. So hopefully that right side can be guarded really good this year. The left side, I don't know, man. Hopefully something can happen on the damn left side can be as dominant as the daggone right side. Keep Thanks, G. Uh, yeah, I think that we're all kind of – just heartened that Moten was signed. Imagine, and, and this goes back to a couple of those points I was making when I, we were talking about cornerback group and this and that. Imagine talking about that group and not having that name in it. Oh yeah, nightmare fuel. And I think that's why we were all freaking out, mm-hmm. you know, as to why haven't we done this? Why isn't this something that, that's going to happen? Why are we content with letting him play on the franchise tag? Like, all the reasons why we were freaking out about this, they were all spot on and it was all good logic. And we were right. And the front office thought that that was the correct route to go. And thank God, man, because uh, yeah, now that we have him, at least we know that we have a solid starting tackle. And again, AJ Lindsay is kind of agreeing with me too. Um, in the chat and, and that it seems as though it's a very real possibility uh, that, you know, if, if they see Brady Christensen as a right tackle, 
then they may indeed experiment with Moten to left. So either or, it doesn't matter if it's left or right. You know that he's going to be a good starter wherever he right. plays. So, mm -hmm. yeah, how could you not love it, man? I'm loving Scott Ferrer. Uh, we will not mention Voldemort anymore. No, we, we make a joke that Cam Newton is the name that we can't say anymore. No, we're not mentioning the old GM anymore, bro. At least I'm not. We're done with him. We're moving on. I'm all on Team Scott Federer now. Scott Federer is the man. I love what he's doing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that he's a part of our team, man. Yeah. Well, he's come back twice, so he's like Beetlejuice. Just don't say his name three times. Yeah, yeah, he right. might reappear if he says name. Oh God! Um, quick news around the NFL: uh, Aaron Rodgers supposedly turned down a couple-year contract extension, which might have made him the highest-paid player in football. Uh, Richard Sherman was arrested. Uh, Cam Akers tore his Achilles. What's on your mind looking around the NFL at this point? So. I keep on seeing all this, um, you know, stuff about Matthew Stafford and how everyone's so excited for what he's going to do this year. And I guess it was kind of related to the Cam, the Cam Akers news too, um, you know, of him tearing his Achilles. But everybody's like already anointing him like an MVP candidate. And I was very excited about their offensive. You know, potential because, like, I think pairing him with a Sean McVay could have been interest or was interesting. I I tell you this as I had a sour taste put in my mouth today when I read an article that says Sean McVay taking a different look at Matt Stafford's arm or something like that to the effect. And then I read the entire article, and not one word was mentioned about Matt Stafford. It was just like Cam Akers got hurt. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It was like, and then I think the implication was just ultimately like, well, Cam Akers got hurt, so you don't want Matt Stafford to get hurt. But they didn't even say his name in the article one time. One time, how are you gonna make the title that, and then not even mention his name once? Yeah, big bait, baby. Get you, yeah. Yeah, get you to look at it. I was a sucker. Um, okay, so. Uh, you don't want to talk about this Richard Sherman thing? There's really not much to talk about in my no, opinion. No, I don't but... really care about it. Like, is that is well, he got drunk and beat on his in-law's door. Who hasn't done that before? Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, uh -oh. who hasn't lived a little? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if there are any other stories in the entire NFL. So that might be uh, a good thing. Oh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, apparently. Um, right. Oh, I said that, yeah. Is that he uh, turned down the extension? Um, yeah, they offered him apparently a two-year a two-year extension. Uh, I think and uh, he's, he's thirty. I think he's thirty-eight or thirty-nine right now. You know, he's somewhere up in that age. He's probably got three years left on his deal. Two years, you know. That's a good question. You know, yeah. I, I don't really care about the Aaron Rodgers stuff anymore. It's like I almost feel like Green Bay is just screwing this all up. Like, why didn't they just make this dude happy? Anyway, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, uh, and then the last thing, okay, I'll mention this just because I know it'll probably be very unpopular, but I'm not gonna lie, I can't sit here and, and lie to y'all. And I know I'm gonna take shit for this dude, and I don't care. I'm just gonna say it. I like Tom Brady now, okay? 
I don't oh, care who knows. Tell me it. what happened today. I heard something that he trolled. The please tell me what happened. It, it was really cool because it's like he he trolled Donald Trump and wow. Joe Biden and Joe Biden. So okay, he's he's at the uh the the Buccaneers are at the White House doing their White House visit and shit, and and Tom Brady is uh is standing at the podium, and uh he says, uh first he's like. Man, it's almost like uh, what do you say? Like forty percent of people don't think that we even won the Super Bowl. He says, "Well, you know something about that, don't you, Joe?" And he's like, <laughs> and, "And then there's that, you know, uh, there was a game in Chicago, and I, I, I thought that it was second down, but it was third down, and then everybody started calling me Sleepy Tom, and I'm like, what?" I don't deserve that. And it looks at Joe Biden because, you know, they called Joe Biden a sleepy yeah, Joe. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's not fair. I don't know why they would do that. But listen, it's not even just this, like what happened to the that's, Trump that's troll. Okay. I ain't heard of Trump troll yet. But it's just the fact. But yeah, because he was essentially alluding to like 40% of the population doesn't think Joe uh, Biden won okay. because mm-hmm. they think that gotcha. Donald right. Trump won. Or yeah. Something gotcha. So. But no, dude, it's just Was the it fact that, that big of a margin. It's something. Wow. Like that. <laughs> wow. But my my whole point being is that Tom Brady has this fuck it attitude now that he has left the the Patriots. And well, he really, it's not him leaving the Patriots. I think now he's established it because he's got all the championship ranks. Now he's done it without mm-hmm. Belichick. It's not just leaving. Yeah. New England, I think he has settled into his big D road, big mm-hmm. TBD road. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. I think that is 100% what it is. I think this guy has uh, just honestly accepted I'm the greatest, and I think he's just approaching life that way. And he's actually yeah. kind of all right. He's, like, not the worst about it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he's not yeah. the worst about it. And, like, but he's, he's funny, like, too. Like, what else does he have? Rogers. Like, yeah. he's just like, what the fuck are you going to do to me? When, he, like was, when he was, like, family. roasting. What the fuck are you going to do to me? He was, like, roasting Aaron Rodgers and how... Oh, he's the maybe quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. And he didn't like, even get mad. But you know what I'm saying? Rodgers didn't get mad because he kind of set walks in the truth with it. Yeah, but also, how are you going to get mad? How are you going to, like, stay mad at the fucking... Like, he's obviously like, just he joking around. He's kind of saying what is true. You know you what I equate like it to? Lying. I, I, I equate it to him almost being like, you know that... You guys may not. I mean, Tony, you might. I guess any of you guys could. Like that old guy who's about to retire, who like knows, like no mm-hmm. matter what, I, I don't need you. You, you. you know, you need me more than I need you, type of thing. <laughs> like he's like, I'm about to be out of here anyway. I don't give a fuck. Like that's the he's approach the that I feel like he's taking. What else does he have left to accomplish in life? Like in life, he's what Wayne, else does he have yeah. left to accomplish? He's the Wayne Gretzky of football, homie. Is mm-hmm. that look? Go look this up, folks. Like when you hear they the nickname for Wayne Gretzky is the great one. Mm-hmm. That's his nick, the great one. Like he's like the Jesus of, of ice hockey. And what is the craziest stat when you hear about this is that Wayne Gretzky, who is the top leading goal scorer for hockey by like a wide margin. Like it's not even close. And on top of that, he is the top 
scoring points leader by a wide margin, not even close. So in hockey, you get a point, you get two points for a goal, one point for assist, right? And this mug is like 1,700 points ahead of the closest dude. There is a stat where Wayne Gretzky could have not scored a single goal in his career, and he still would be the top points leader in the history of hockey. Yeah, he's That's like, the most insane fucking stat I've ever heard of. Life. Like, is that if he never scored a goal, yeah, he'd still be the great one. So he was either scoring it or assisting on it. Yeah. Brady's kind of close to that for football. Like he's no, kind of he, from the Super Bowl. Like like where he can make cameos. He made fun of Robert Kraft getting a hand job in a comedian show. You know what I'm saying? Like he came out of it and he was like, he came out of a tiny parlor and was like, oh, I mean, like how the fuck in the wake of Robert Kraft at a Chinese, actually it wasn't even Chinese, it was Asian, but potentially Russian sex slaves in the background and stuff. And Tom Brady comes out and makes a joke about it afterwards about the owner. How can you get away with that? He's a goat. He's a goat, bro. He really is, man. And like again, on the football field, I hate him, right? Because he's always beating the team that I pull for. Hmm. But I just as uh from Monday night. Yeah, just as yeah, except that Sunday one Monday night, night in 2013, man. But I don't know. I just uh you know, I I like the the attitude and it's like easy for people to just want to hate the guy. And I get it, man. He's the fucking, you know. Yeah, he's getting cooler in his older age. Yeah, yeah. He's all right. Um, let's close the show out. The number's two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. You can call in for next week's show. Tell us what you are interested in as training camp unfolds. We tried to do a quick preview, but I would say this is even Panthers media. And maybe, I don't know, like, where is it at? Where are all the training camp previews in the news? I haven't seen any really floating around. So you guys tell us what you're interested in for training camp next week. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show. Remember, you can be uh, part of the conversation. Discord, chat room, call in the show. And the best thing you can do to help us is to tell a friend about it. Follow us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You see the names. We'll get to them all in just a second, but we got to hit uh, the latest, uh, the the longest running segment of the show, Ice Up Picks. When this is where it's our homage to Steve Smith, Ice Up, where we, Ice Up, tell someone to get it together, um, and everyone is fair game, including Cody Lashley, who is my Ice Up pick. Oh gosh! Oh, okay. oh, I already know what this is about. I already know what this is about, dude. This oh, motherfucker God. comes out and says, "Enough with this beastie boys." Ah, Sam, I am. Pull what is it? Doctor Seuss rhyme scheme. You misquoted me. Are you fucking? No, this is exactly <laughs> what you said. This is exactly what you said. He's like. Fuck this Dr. Seuss ABC rhyme scheme and this and that. Just because you were early doesn't make you great. And homie, no. the Beastie Boys 
with trendsetters, dude. Like, I mean, they're like set the fucking like it's it's like they pla- it's like that's like saying that like Lewis and Clark just because they were on the Mississippi early don't mean the fuck anything. No, no, they were not yeah, Lewis and East Clark. They didn't are, define the genre. Go ahead. Maybe not defined, but a big part of. They created something. They put a crack in the wall, homie. No, you can't go back with this revisionist history or this. We're talking about, Cody, you ain't ever wound up a tape, homie. You ain't ever pulled the tape and put it back in a little cassette player. You ain't ever done that. Do you know what year I was born? Guys were doing this shit on the xylophone. They were doing this shit on the xylophone. These guys were, they were visionaries, bro. Straight fucking visionaries. And you come up in here 40 years later and fucking just shit on them out of nowhere. Fuck that. I'm sorry you're 40 years late to the party, homie. The Beastie Boys was the first tape I ever got. This dude gave it to me. <laughs> oh, I was eight years old, homie, and my man passed it to me. He was like an 11-year-old. He was like, here, take this home. Dude, license the ill, first tape I ever got. So no, get the fuck out of here with that. What's nonsense? the best bar that B- the Beastie Boys have ever sat? I don't give a fuck about the bar. What's How the coldest line? What if we did this? No, and like that's my entire point right there. They no, called them an innovator. What did they, listen, they were, they, they were super popular at the time. But if you want to talk about the early years Dude, of hip hop, super popular. The they were like the all of the big time hip hop guys. Like, if you look at their lyricism, Compared to other guys at the time, look, if you like them, fine, dude. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just trying to say that if you look, if you read their lyrics, dude, it's the most simple bullshit rhymes in the world. And, dude, whenever I hear that fight for your right to party bullshit, dude, they used to play that on the radio so Fucking much, dude. Oh, if I man, if I hear that song that one more time, no, I'm going to strangle these oh, fucking people. Turn on any alternative station, and they're still playing the Beastie Boys, bro. Well, Especially compared to good lyrics at the time, dude. Game, dude. That is like, I mean, this is the most bullshit thing I've ever heard. And to you, Cody, I say, ice up. And no sleep till Brooklyn. Oh god, dude. Oh god. Someone else go first. I need I need some time to to recover and make sure I got the right shit. Man, like I mean, if you ever, it's like calling your sister. It's like you're like somebody called up and said they fucked your sister. Hey man, dude. If you like them, fine. But it's not my fault that they have. Trash ass lyrics. Everyone else in their time. It's like saying stand by my shit. The best guitarist. Get that Dr. Seuss bullshit out my face, bro. I ain't trying to hear it, dude. (laughs) It's so fucking bad. I dare anyone to go through the Beastie Boys lyrics of any of their songs, dude. It's like it's the it's literally like a fifth grade rhyme book, dude. It's so bad. I'm sorry. But if I'm, you only look at it from the lyrics and not look at it from what they're what they were they were making their own beats. Like you didn't have no machines that make no beats. These motherfuckers are over here today. Like I'm a beat master, and they on their iPad and shit. These motherfuckers were like recording, then banging on a goddamn trash can, 
and making this shit up. Doom, doom, doom. You know what I mean? Like they were literally creating this. Yeah, so they were give me that bullshit, man. Nobody had ever done it. Nobody had ever done it, dude. They were Nobody a better band it. than they were rappers. How about that? They're not good rappers. <laughs> Straight up. They just aren't. Rap didn't even exist barely in that that in that oh, time. Wait, okay. no, wait, I said the Beastie Boys invented rap. No, sure no, no, but like no, I like they were barely even. They've kind of they were dipping their toe in two types of genres the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of like saying Faith No More is just a metal band, and that's a bullshit too. Anyway, go on. Someone next. <laughs> Don't take this Beastie Boy slander somewhere else, or I'll roll you out of here. I'll just go. I'll just go real easy, quick. I wanted to keep it football related. I won't go low hanging fruit here, and you know, uh, ice up the linebacker who likes to touch boys um, from the Falcons. I won't go that route. I, I want at first. I wanted to ice up Richard Sherman, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, even if he is going through some shit mentally, I don't even think what he did was that bad. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I'm just going to go with an easy one as well. Cam Akers, uh, out for the season, um, this early in the off season, uh, legitimately ice up, son. Ice up. Ice up. Bad day. Uh, mine's going to be live in the moment right now. If the Suns are down 85 to 90 to Milwaukee, and if the Suns don't win this game, I hate to do it, but I got to ice up Chris Paul. Cause brother, this is your only chance right here, man. You were up two nothing. I'm a huge Chris Paul fan. I really want him to win this, but dude, come on. Losing four in a row. Looks like they they might not make it in this game either. Chris Paul, if you don't win this, man, I got to ice you up. I don't want to see the buck. All right, Cody. Sliding in last, and if don't you do it. If you do it, <laughs> I will. Yo, ice up to everyone who thinks Beastie Boys is worth it. Damn, because that is shit, <laughs> yo. That's what I think. Uh, number two. Um, I am uh, going to ice up. So again, I don't even know the dude's the dude's name. He's a real piece of shit. He's a big time Instagram guy, and I, I think he streams on on Twitch too. But this idiot, apparently, he was on uh, Instagram Live, and this guy again. I'm not even going to bother to to look up his name again. He has some weird, stupid, long name. But he used to date Millie Bobby Brown. And if you don't know, Millie Bobby Brown is the lead actress on Stranger Things, the little girl character. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, apparently they were dating uh, at one point in time, but she was still like 16 or something like that. And he's on Instagram Live talking about all the shit that they would do. And, and and oh yeah, she gave great head and all this all this dumb kind of stuff, and she was like really 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 like going in on like all this stuff that he used to do with a minor, and now he's facing all this backlash about it. And then Millie Bobby Brown's people had to come out and like issue a statement about it too, and say like she does not suck good. Yeah, it's so bad, but it's like, it's this culture of, oh, whatever, I'm going to just say shit on the internet, and if it's, you know, inflammatory or whatever, 
fuck it, at least my name is out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he could even face charges potentially. I don't know all the details on it. Uh, but to idiots, uh, uh, bragging about statutory rape hand girl uh, on your Instagram live, ice up, son. Ice up. Mm-hmm. Stay off the grid, folks, if you like that. Uh, all right, that's the secret. How about action. better yet? Just don't like that. Like, don't, yeah, yeah, just don't like that. Yeah, don't be like that's that. That's way better. Please, if you are like that, be sure to put yourself on the grid 110%. How old was he there at this time? Uh, he was a grown damn man, like in his young oh, 20s okay. and shit. All right. All right. So, man, because sometimes, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's made right, but, you know, I mean, sometimes, like, if someone's eight, 19 and someone's 16, you know, I mean, lines can be, that's not com. Anyway, that's not complicated. Mm-hmm. Don't be Codizzle Allen like that uh, is ultimately the lesson there. Uh, ice up to all those fools, particularly Cody Lashney. And uh, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and uh, jump out on this podcast. Uh, Cody, my co-host, my man, my right-hand man, the man with no music taste or sense of history. Tell them how they can find your work. If you want some good rock and rap, listen to Rage Against the Machine. That's a real rock and rap band for you. But hey, folks, um, I I want to blast this out, man. Every Friday night, 7 p.m., we're doing the Friday free-for-all, and that is your chance to come on the show and talk with me and hang out. We're going to have guys from other Panther YouTube channels. We're going to have people from Panther's Twitter. Just people in general, man. If you like what we're doing, come in and talk football, especially during the season because you know we're going to get fans of other teams in there. They're going to be looking to talk a bunch of shit. So we're going to need Panther Kingdom to show up and and be loud and show support. Uh, That's every Friday at 7 and I'll be posting the link to the stream yard in the descriptions. You can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. And that's all for your boy. CK, where can they get after you? Uh, everywhere. Everywhere. He's everywhere. <laughs> Codizzle Allen on uh, Facebook Gaming is my primary location. But um, I think, uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm going to be starting to stream some GTA RP. But there was a new game that just dropped its beta today, and that's called New World that Amazon released. It actually looks pretty fun. So I might be playing that. If you guys are interested in uh, seeing what that's about, uh, pop by and uh, let me know, and I'll be happy to try it out. All right, uh, Greg, a.k.a. the Bat Daddy, the Stat Daddy, uh, where can they get after you? Uh, you can find me at the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter, and then you can check me out every Friday night live on the Super Civil Servants podcast, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if y'all want to hang out with Cody at seven, then roll right into the pan- right into Super Civil Servants at nine. Come check us out. You know we talk- like a plan what right are you guys there? talking about this week? You know what? You know what you're after this week? Yeah, we're talking about Loki and Bad Batch, and probably the first episode of uh, um, He Man. Because the first oh, five huh. drop on Friday, so I'm not gonna have time to watch all five. But we're gonna talk about oh, the first cool. one and then the next week. And but, what's that? Yeah. What, pro- what uh? What platform is that one on? Netflix. Nice. So isn't uh, that uh, who's who's uh who shot it? Kevin Smith or and Mark Bernard yeah, are the ones who put that together. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be pretty good. It looks like. I mean, I'm interested to see. It's a direct continuation from the Masters of the Universe story we knew as a kid. So we'll see what happens. But just, you know, uh, this week is 99 and episode 100 is next Friday. So you guys are welcome to come join, celebrate. We're going to have games, talk about all kinds of fun stuff. 
Uh, but episode 100 next Friday. But like I said, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check us out. Good stuff. All right. My name is Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. I'm here every Tuesday night on the longest running Panthers podcast known as the C3 Panthers podcast. Uh, Why don't you guys be a part of it? Uh, We'll see you next week. Take us out of here, Cody. And uh, let me go ahead. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.